1: And welcome into the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sportsocracy heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and we can be seen here in the Engels studio live on YouTube. Go to thesportsocracy.com, click the live video link, subscribe to the channel so you can join us in the chat. And do not forget that, you know, you can get in on the battle for the belt. Front page no. of the website. We got all the links there to get in on the DFS contest all season long. Proceeds benefiting Eblin Charity Saint Nicholas Project.
2: Uh, we thank all of you that joined us for the Fantasy Football Quarter Marathon. Uh, many obscenities were said. We introduced you to a new friend of ours, uh, which we consumed a few of on the uh, on the, the live stream, and then I, I just kept carrying it on. As of course you did. C.J. Stroud comes out and goes, Hey. You remember all those things that mulleted moron said about me? Hey, watch this. They were true. I don't really know how to say this in a nice way. So I'm going to do that thing that I like to do. You tell the truth. Well, well, there's that too. <laughs> but I'm going to make an analogy. Oh, okay. Okay. If, if you had a friend that said, I want to be a NASCAR driver. And you went, well, okay. And they raised the money. And they they got somehow into a NASCAR race, and then they crashed on the caution lap. Like the pace (laughs) car is still riding around. And, "Ah, oh, no! Well, Dale, you're you're not a NASCAR
1: driver. That's that's what that means. Because you were going 55 miles an hour, and you couldn't sustain that. Now oh, come on, it's just preseason, right? We we don't need to make any sweeping declarations about a guy going two for four on two series and throwing one of the worst damn interceptions I think I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I broke that play down
2: from a from a, uh, a, a, a a color commentator perspective for Tank because he fell asleep before really any of the Anything activities happened. happened. Yeah. I genuinely can't show you a player doing everything wrong more than that.
1: Oh, yeah. Staring down the receiver footwork was not great. He underthrew the ball. Oh, by the way, I think he threw it into double coverage. Yep.
2: And had a, had a, 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 tight and end had a check down. Just that, right is up. it going to get the first down? No, it's not. But that's the right call. Right. And now today I've heard a lot of people saying, well, you can't glean anything from one preseason game and you're right here's what I can glean something from what I thought going in mixed with a horrific camp that's been so bad that D'Amico Ryans wouldn't even commit to he is actually the starter he said he will be the starter unless he just really looks like this is too fast for him right now and then we'll work him in um yeah, I just I just spent a whole day with Bryce Young. There's no question who the starter is. Absolutely none, not one iota of of, of doubt. And he looks like an NFL starter. By the way, not as short when he's standing beside you
1: as you would think.
2: Yeah, he was four feet just, away from me. It's so.
1: okay. You're just used to standing next to me. So
2: and that that could be a thing. <laughs> but he looked completely in control of the offense. Yep. Every person that I talked to and what I saw with my own eyeballs said that Bryce Young's ready to play quarterback in the NFL. I have not heard one person that knows anything about football say, yes, CJ Stroud looks great. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't. He's exactly what I tried to tell you he was. In the pre-draft process. And the reason we're starting the show with this is I feel like this would be a great time to tell Panther fans that we're, Well, CJ stroud has got the better arm and Bryce Young's only ten. Do me a favor. I, at 4 o'clock tomorrow, I want you to tune in to your local affiliate and see your <laughs> against my New York Jets. I'll be there right behind the bench. And I have a funny feeling based off what I just saw, what I've heard, and what I thought going in, you're going to see a market difference between Bryce Young and what you saw to C.J. Stroud last Mm. night. Does that mean, invariably, Bryce Young's going to be a franchise quarterback and C.J. Stroud's not? No. But I will tell you, I walked away from Wednesday feeling exponentially better about the Panthers, and I walked away from last night – Feeling exponentially worse about the
1: Houston Texans. <laughs> With uh, well, I mean, at least Case Keenum's there to to, to pick up Hot. slack, and and, and he Davis can throw Mills. to uh, retread you, which is the Houston Texans. <laughs> Although, I mean, Tank, Tank Dell dog, and Tank I told Del. you that
2: our our uh, our fantasy draft that we did in the uh, the the fantasy football. Quarter marathon yesterday. You, you remember who my last pick was? Tank
1: Dale. Mm-hmm. He's real good at football. Yep. Making a circus catch will always, uh, you know, it's always good to get yourself in the highlights on a uh, nationally televised game, even if it is preseason football. Well, I mean, and here's the best thing I can say
2: about the Houston Texans. I want you to look at your watch. All right. You see how it says a time. And even if the battery's dead for one minute, every 12 hours that clock will be right yep that's the Houston Texans that's Jalen Petrie that's Tank Dell the every once in a while they hit one that's because that Brook watch is right twice a day mm-hmm. it's it, it everything I saw last night but but they won 20 to nine yeah because there's virtually no difference between their starters and their fourth string there was no obvious diminishment of skill. As I watched over the course of the night, new England's backups. Good Lord. All I hope all of you got a degree in something that will pay you a copious amount of money because it ain't going to be football Houston. I watched the whole thing and went, man, that fourth string defensive tackle looks just about as good as the starter does. I know the, I know he's playing lesser against lesser talent, but I I mean, I, I say this with, with no direct ill will to the Houston Texans. You have a fan base that loves to tell me how wrong I am. That team I saw last night, I keep getting told, oh, Jeremy's going to lose all his money on that under six and a half for the Texans. They couldn't win six and a half games in the Big 12 based off what I saw last night and what I have heard coming out of camp. That is a horrifically bad team. And CJ Stroud,
1: you're off to a bad start, my friend. It wasn't good, but quarterbacks have had rough starts before you've seen it with sam darnold i've seen it with Jameis winston
2: oh yeah sam darnold pick six on his first nfl throw it, weird five years in i'm i still believe but that could just be because we're best friends and we do karate in the garage together you can't let go of your lego fireman hey i will love him until the day i die Jameis winston, Nothing winston you can do to change that
1: Jameis winston did the same thing for my tampa bay buccaneers First, first pass in the NFL was pick six. It was him, Sam Darnold and Brett Favre all did the same thing. Now, one of those would go on to be one of the greatest of all time, but he did set the record for the most interceptions of all time, but those guys are few and far between. This is obviously not the way that CJ Stroud wanted to start out his career, getting lambasted by every show in America today. Yeah, it's it didn't
2: it didn't go particularly well for him.
1: No, because I mean I have heard zero analysis of the Seahawks' my uh, Minnesota game because everybody's focusing on C.J. Stroud and and you have to ask you know n- now that you've seen it on the field and not for any length of time, but now you start that ball rolling of, holy crap, what did we just do? Cause we took C.J. Stroud too. We traded away the quarterback next year for Will Anderson, mm-hmm. and we're screwed.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I I, I I hate to say this so glibly, but prognosticating things in the NFL it ain't rocket science. I mean, look, it's hard to evaluate quarterbacks, except when it's not. And Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud was not hard. I told you that from the day the Panthers made that trade. You did. This is not hard to figure out. Bryce Young is a dog whose big knock is that he's short. Uh, C.J. Stroud looks like if you built a quarterback on an assembly line somewhere, C.J. Stroud is very similar to what it would look like. The problem is when that goes into motion and you realize that it's a it's a little glitchy. We got a few glitches in this technology. That's not hard to figure out. This is, to me, this was Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson all over again. I know what the first one's going to be. Second one is a lottery ticket. Right. Now, if you're one of those people that shows up at the gas station every Tuesday to buy $20 scratchers, then yeah, I can understand why you fell in love with CJ Stroud. Because you like to live on the wild side. But doing that at the expense of the future of your
1: franchise, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. It's not a good luck to start out the uh, campaign here for the Houston Texans, but it's not all that surprising. Now, Seattle... Well,
2: well, before we get into Seattle,
1: okay. I want to look at the, the
2: opposite side of, uh, of the game last night, because it's not getting, it's not getting the flowers that it deserves. The Patriots. Uh, Keon White is pretty good. I saw a good amount from, and look, I I don't care about the score of the game. The only thing that matters for is wagering it. And yes, so, sorry. I took new England and the over and both of those were Incorrect. Did take Seattle in the over, though. so Even night. I look at New England. I didn't glean much from Bailey Zap. Houston's not an NFL football team, so the fact that he came out was really good. Okay. I, I, if you're in the the pro Bailey Zap camp, he did uh, enough to keep you there. Mm-hmm. If you're in the pro Mac Jones camp, he didn't do enough to really change your mind, in my opinion. But then I look at that defense and go, you know, there's there's some players there that are not bad at footballs. Keon White, Keon White, second round pick. Mm-hmm. He's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Christian Gonzalez looked pretty good, and he didn't play a ton, but he looked pretty good. And that's going to be just enough for New England to be exactly what I thought they were. The offense will be better, period. And the defense may have gotten stronger. Yep. They will be the thorn in the paw. Of the the big kitty cats in the AFC East. And that's about, I mean, I feel like I'm being complimentary here. I know Patriot Mm -hmm. fans won't see it that way. I mean, they'll see it as, you know, condescending and whatever, but it is what it is. For somebody that has been as bad drafting as Bill Belichick has, I would walk away from last night going, there are a couple of these dudes that could be impact players. And for me, I'm taking that as a win. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, am I, running out, uh, am I running down the tunnel road naked about it? No, I'm not. Please don't. Jets win the Super Bowl. It's happening. <laughs> Asheville Police Chief David Zach and I've already had the conversation of February 13th of next year, which our relationship will change for at least one night. <laughs> but last night to me was, it was the definition of one of these teams is run like a professional football franchise. New England looked like a professional NFL football team. Mm-hmm. The other, all I could hear was "doink" the clown's entrance music. The entire anything they did, that's all I heard in the back of my head was this is a
1: clown show because of the lack of talent, or because, uh, or, or was it something bigger? Was it? Did you see something like they were they just? unorganized and in disarray because of D'Amico Ryans. No, I think D'Amico
2: Ryans is fine. It wasn't so much a disorganization. When I watched the preseason, I'm looking for what I saw out of New England. You you're, you give Malik Cunningham a heavy dose of whatever it is he's going to do. And depending on who you talk to up there, he could be a quarterback, he could be a receiver. So what did they do? They ran him. They put him under center a couple times. He ran predominantly out of shotgun. But he looked as though he could be a serviceable three in this league. He also looked as though he's elusive enough to to be a runner or a receiver or whatever it is you want to convert him to. Kevin Harris, a young kid out of South Carolina that I liked a lot a year ago. Pierre Strong, Bailey Zapp. I could keep doing this with New England. What did Houston give you? Mm-hmm. A steady dose of Davis Mills, Case Keenum, Mike Boone, Dare Ogambawale, Devin Singletary, Oh, uh, looking down there. Steven Sims, Nico Collins. You know what all those guys have in common? They're vets. Mm-hmm. There's no young guys on this team. And so you're trotting out all these fourth and fifth year retreads going, well, maybe this time it'll work. Uh, Rex Burkhead called. The, because this looks exactly. The, uh, this is the best analogy I can make. The 2023 Houston Texans look like the Sharknado 3 casting Of the 2021 Houston Texans. Oh, this is a just completely disassembled dumpster fire with C-level actors, and you think it's going to end any differently. Oh, no. That's Brian Austin
1: Green getting eaten by a shark. (laughs) Sharknado 3, let's go! Uh, It was, again, not a great night for the Houston Texans, but we don't expect much from them anyway and steve
2: belichick's uh grossness is in just mid-season form you didn't see him at all last night no the mullet is chef's kiss i mean it is it is his gross and gnarly and now instead you know he had he had the grossman beard Mm -hmm. just unkempt now it's down to a very blonde mustache And a and a stubble. He popped up on the screen last night and HWA looked at me and said, Are the Patriots letting a hobo call their plays right now? Who is that? That's Bill's kid. And he is a masterpiece
1: hashtag sarcasm stay frosty my friends let's go you're in the sportsocracy this is ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM 880 AM and 1400 there was another game last night in the NFL preseason and we'll talk about the reactions from the Seattle game at Ingles, we're proud to
3: sponsor area athletics at all levels. Whether we're building new fields for T-ball, celebrating Friday night rivals, televising college basketball games, bringing the Fan Fest to semi-pro soccer, or taking you out to the ball game at your minor league park. We're here for the fans. No one gets the dedication to the home team like you guys, and we've got all the sports you can handle. It's all in the bag. Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings.
2: You Beer City's best fantasy football player, your chance to prove it is back. The Sportsocracy's battle for the belt is back for year two with two ways to win. Our standard contest and the new Eliminator Challenge for the most hardcore of football fans. Play fantasy football with us every week of the NFL season and compete for a cause with proceeds benefiting Evelyn Charity's St. Nicholas Project. Register today at thesportsocracy.com and take your shot at the title of Beer City's fantasy football champ.
0: the sportsocracy you
1: two are just dumber a bag of hammers it's not happening we're not doing it again you can try but we're not doing it again it is the sportsocracy this is espn asheville 92.9 fm 880 am and 1400 last night in the nfl we had the third now preseason game, Seattle Seahawks and the Minnesota Vikings. And my biggest takeaway from this game is what what would my team have to give up to get um old old backup quarterback yeah, over there in yeah, Seattle?
2: You remember? Can we? You, you remember when you were like, "Man, Drew Lock is the worst." Now as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, you are going, "Hey, how?" how
1: d- Right. I would, I would like a, a dose of that. Right, walk. we could get better. Um, you know, we don't necessarily want to be better, but I mean, I would like to suck to a point where I, uh, you know, I, I don't hate my team. Yeah, you don't want to have to cheer for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Absolutely not.
2: I can't wait for week one when you have to. Ugh. I'm going to sit there right beside you all day and do nothing but make jokes. I'm going
1: to root for 87 interceptions this year you'll be able to see it live from the village porch with our sunday shows which will be live That's every right. sunday i mean uh, you know drew lock just out here throwing two tutties in the uh preseason game yeah he looked good nick mullins was fine uh and 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 jaron hall
2: he he put his jersey on
1: <laughs> i i heard it did not go well for
2: no him. no he uh w- when you're playing against the fourth stringers and you still look like you won a fan contest to play the fourth quarter of a preseason game. That's a bad sign, boys and girls.
1: And that's how last night looked for one Mr. Jaron Hall. Yes. Took two sacks. He was 6 of 14 for 37 yards, which, which which do the math on that. That's an average of two and a half yards per throw. Awesome. Yay. <sighs> I what I, My
2: big takeaway from Seattle was, good Lord, that team's deep. I mean, it's weird when you absolutely fleece somebody in one of the greatest uh, just trade robberies in the history of sports. Right. It's weird how deep a roster looks. You you watch – I genuinely felt like betting Seattle last night was probably the easiest bet I've ever made in my life. Because you were a dog for – what reason? I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because they don't know about the legend of Holton Naylor's <laughs> former <laughs> East Carolina fighting Mike Houston pirate.
1: Ah, uh, doing it with his arm and his leg. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I mean, look, Seattle's, Seattle's good. They're deep. Uh, trust me, guys that get cut off that roster are going to end up on other rosters. And that's a really good sign. If you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, mm-hmm. uh, Minnesota conversely. Um, yeah. I, did, did you enjoy last year? Was was last year fun? I hope it was. Because this year, it's not going to quite look the same way. You don't think so? That defense is really confusing. And look, I know not a lot of the starters are playing. I'm not making sweep, sweeping declarations here. Preseason games, I take what I hear from camp, and then I see it on the field and do these things line up. And all four teams last night lined up with what I had heard. Minnesota is just a big jumbled mess and yeah Kirk Cousins will keep you competitive you've got probably the best quarterback in the league and weird after last night you have four running backs or you had three running backs play and none of them averaged over three and a half yards of carry it's weird I wonder what oh Kareem Hunt's in Minnesota right now visiting with the Vikings You find that to be odd? No. Oh, Alexander Madison didn't play, so we don't know anything. Okay. You had no interest in Kareem Hunt 24 hours ago. He's in your building right now.
1: Mm What does that tell you? That the backups are terrible.
2: That you're looking at this going, man, we have boo-booed
1: this. We have boo-booed this. Have my hopes for Ty Chandler. But you knew that. I mean, I felt like that wasn't good. I look at Ty Chandler the same way I look at Rico Dowdle the kid that hails from right here in Asheville from AC Reynolds High School. He's been on the Dallas Cowboys roster for 5 years. I think f- 3 of those he spent them hurt and he got listed as the 2 on the initial depth chart. That's fun. But that's not going to last. I you're not as confident of that as as I am. No. They're they're really high on him. And I hope so. I hope Now, he takes they're also step.
2: still looking at bringing back Ezekiel
1: Elliott. I'm just saying he's made three plays in a preseason game before. Let's hold off on anointing him a legitimate backup on an NFL roster. Not saying it can't happen, and it could still happen for Ty Chandler, but I have my doubts. Uh, Calvin Rogers in our YouTube comments has a really good point. He
2: said, all the Seahawks rookies look very efficient. Mike Morris, Derek Hall are both dogs. And all the offensive linemen are dogs. All right, I want to think I want you to think about what he just said. That Seattle in a preseason game, it's a glorified scrimmage. It's mm-hmm. all preseason games are. Mm-hmm. Your rookies looked efficient. I felt the same way about New England. Conversely, look at the two teams they played Minnesota and Houston. It looked like some of those guys met each other in the tunnel on the way out to the field. No, but but Houston won. I couldn't care less if I tried. That's experience and coaching. You could tell me one of these teams got beat 617 to nothing. I don't care about the score. Give me the tape and Mm -hmm. let me watch it. Mm -hmm. And I will glean from it what I will glean from it. And look, I feel better about Seattle after last night than I did going in. And I think I'm the highest person on the planet on them in the first place. Other than Jonathan Welch, of course. Oh, he's he's a fan. Fan (laughs) short for fanatic. They don't count. I'm talking about impartial bystander. I have Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing to gain from Seattle. I am grossly high on that team. Yep. I also might, might have made an extra wager on them to win their division after 17 and a half domestic lights
1: last night. We got six more games in the NFL preseason tonight. Yeah. Jeremy's going to have some bangers for the weekend yes. coming up for you at the end of the hour. We we'll get to see uh, we we'll get to see old Baker tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: I hadn't gotten to do that in a long time. If you're new to the program, that means that'll be one of the bangers, boys and girls. That'll really come in handy two weeks from now when we have Week Zero bangers, and I'm picking every single one of them
1: against the spread. Let's go. every single one of them against the spread. Awesome. Uh, I, I as you do. A fantastic job of you know what i'm waiting for though i'm waiting for the first underdog that's always my favorite of the bangers is the underdog when jeremy just loses his mind on the underdogs it's that's when i really know it's football season oh and
2: now we're we're putting those in in extra markets now so uh, i i really have to cinch the old belts up a little tighter and make sure we can give it our all
1: <laughs> we'll talk more about the preseason games coming up tonight later on in the program. Um, because in the daily draft today, Jeremy and I are going to be drafting the players that we want to see this weekend in the, uh, preseason games, Carolina Panthers, of course, will be playing against the New York football jets coming up at uh, four o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Jeremy, you secured your tickets. Yep. You and Papa are going to be down there for the, uh, for the big soiree. Well,
2: the real question, I mean, we're, we're going to have a, a great time. We're sitting right behind the uh, we're sitting right behind the bench, so we got we got great seats. Procrastination pays. Got those at a bit of a steal, if I do say so myself. The better question is, how much debauchery can I get Papa Green into <laughs> in Charlotte? Considering we're staying in Charlotte for the night, and the last time we went to a preseason game, we were doing shots at a Hooters with a series of Panthers fans. Nice. So, I, I've already made it a side wager with HWA that I will get Papa Green doing
1: a fireball shot on
2: the TikTok of yes. this here program.
1: Yes, I love it. I love the idea. Uh, also, if you get a chance, just stop by the Jets locker room. Aaron might have some ayahuasca tea for you. You guys can just uh, you know get ripped and like no other, like I've, you've never been before. So I, when when in the
2: off season, I said I wanted to I wanted to do that. Uh, we all have that friend that it's not necessarily that they do crimes. It's just <laughs> they have access when they, to crimes. When they tell you things that are crimes related, you hear them and go, "I should take heed of that." And basically, they said with ayahuasca, you should be really careful because it. You know those you know those things that are in like the back of your mind and you would never tell anybody. There's a great chance those are going to come out of your mouth. And I went out, secretist out. I don't. Nope. Nope. I don't need to have a crying session talking about the fact that I peddled in my pants when I was eight years old. I don't need that.
1: <laughs> uh, Cause that's, that's what will happen. That is what will happen. It is the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, it'll be time to get just a bit outside.
4: Tired of getting dinged by monthly fees on your checking account. You need simple checking from home trust bank. With Simple Checking, you get all the essential checking services for free, including 100% online access and a free Visa debit card. It's everything you need from a checking account. But no hoops, no surprises, no monthly fees. Stop by today or call 800-627-1632. Simple Checking at Home Trust. Ready for what's next. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender.
5: Real estate isn't about properties, it's about people. I'm Clarissa hyatt Zack with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina.
0: Boy, you
2: must be outside your mind. The
0: Sportsocracy.
1: Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Welcome back into the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. Coming to you live from the Angles studio, Mike Vrabel. I keep talking about him because he's one of my favorite coaches in the NFL, and he's doing something that I have never heard anybody else doing this week. He's handing over the keys of the franchise, basically, to assistant coach Terrell Williams. It's an effort to get Terrell some time as a head coach learning how the operation goes. So at 5 p.m. yesterday, Mike Vrabel essentially handed over the keys to the house and said, here, you go do it. You control everything. I'm going to be hands off. I want you to get that kind of, a, of experience. And in a league where we've been talking for what seems like eons now about minority coaches not getting their chance to prove that they can be head coaches in this league, to work their way up the ladder, to get the experience. Every time these guys are up for jobs, it's like, well, they don't have any experience. Well, this is this is on-the-job training here that Mike Brabble's doing. He had Terrell Williams, uh, like I said, take over everything he's doing all of the uh, all of the preparations for the game talking to all the players doing the press conferences i think this is a great on the job learning experience and so, i've never heard of this happening before
2: so it does happen a lot of teams don't necessarily put it out there from what i've been told and i, I had the same reaction that you did until I talked to somebody in the league about it, and they went, yeah, here's the problem with putting it out there like that. Uh-huh. What happens if they look absolutely, completely unprepared? It falls back on him. Because now, oh, I turned over the keys, and wow, uh, you that wasn't great. And it could actually be a hindrance more than it's a help. Okay. And that's a little conspiracy theory. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it a little inside baseball of. So basically, what if Terrell comes out and falls on his face? Yes. Then it's Mike Vrabel's fault.
2: And well, No, no, no. It's not. And that's not what we're saying is it's just something. It's something that could look bad because you're reigning in a 90 man team. Well, this guy's never been a head coach. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of moving parts here that you don't think about. You remember how bad Nathaniel Hackett looked as a head coach? Absolutely. Let me tell you, after watching him up close and personal, uh, he doesn't look that bad as an offensive coordinator because he has a very finite role. Mm-hmm. So you're pepping prep- somebody up here, and this is actually a difficult scenario. I hadn't thought of it that way until somebody has been around the league for a really long time told mm-hmm. me that. I don't think I'll put anything into it, but
1: apparently there are people that, that could see it that way. Yeah. And, I, I I, mean, there's overly critical people in everything. My my wonder is, how bad can you screw this up? Right? Because the game plan's already set. Oh, no doubt. Right? You've already gone through the playbook. They, I, I don't know how much of the game is going to fall on him to script plays or it's anything not. like that. That's all going to fall on... Um, it's not. It'll be on the coordinator. On the coordinator. Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to think of his name, and I couldn't come up with it off the top of my head. But... Uh you know i i you know i like this i think it's a good idea and i think the preseason is a perfect way to use this you're not only training the guys on the field you're training the guys on your own coaching staff right oh no doubt and so taking a especially the first preseason game i i couldn't i don't i don't see where there's a major negative here cuz i don't think you can screw it up that badly I mean, you say something wrong at a press conference. Is your team going to look completely, you know, off the rails and not on time because you're uh, no. not there? Or, I, I'm just trying to figure out, like, how could
2: Terrell screw this up? No, no, this is one of those things that we talked about this at, at camp on Wednesday. So you got a, a big group of media people of which I'd stick out like a sore thumb, uh, as did the guy that brought his children. But that's a story for another day. Oh, I, yeah. What? Yeah, we were all looking around going, is, is that a thing? Are, you're not supposed to do that, are you? I, I, not, nope, not me. If something were to go really off the rails, which can happen in preseason games, then it would fall back on him. It wouldn't happen to Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. It would just be, oh, look how disjointed this was. It gives you a reason now that you know it's a coach that's never done this before to go, see, that's why you don't do that. Right. And that's probably the pessimistic
1: view of certain people. 100%. But uh, hats off to Mike Vrabel for not only doing this, but being upfront about it and maybe encouraging other coaches to try a similar similar path.
2: Oh, I mean, I think it's a great idea. I think it's one of those things that's really great in principle, and I just hope it doesn't become a, an ugly thing in practice. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it will. I, think it, I, I, I really don't think it will. But something that didn't happen and would have been really ugly in practice, we now definitively know. Last year, NFC Championship game, little Edie B. Putty got hurt or very early. <laughs> the 49ers had a contingency plan, had they beaten the Philadelphia Eagles, to bring Phillip Rivers out of retirement to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Niners coach Kyle Shanahan on Thursday said he was prepared to. Now, that's stuff we talked about throughout the whole year. We would have had to have seen how that was for the Super Bowl, but that was the plan most of the year. Mm -hmm. I, in my life, have never wanted to see something more than a quarterback going into a Super Bowl that was not versed with the language of an offense two weeks beforehand. Right. This is one of those things. The fact that you talked about it, that's fine. You know, we, we talk about dumb things behind closed office doors. I would never have admitted this out loud if I'd lived to be 200 years old and you would put me <laughs> under FBI interrogation. I would have never admitted this out loud. My
1: question is, I, I mean, was the que- was the question pointed pointedly asked to him, what would you have done? Because if this just came up in conversation, I don't know why you would bring that up. Just Why? Because when I saw it, I went, of course they did. Because I believe I said that on this program. You did, and I laughed at how unbelievably stupid that would be. If they don't have a quarterback, go get Phillip Rivers and see what happens. You have to have a quarterback, and I'm not doing the Josh Johnson thing again. Now, thankfully, uh, they didn't have to go down that path for the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously not a good thing for the 49ers. Or maybe it was. I don't know. That could have been the uh, the the crowning achievement for Kyle Shanahan to bring in a quarterback two weeks before uh, you, you want to prove that anybody can run this offense. Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. Bring Phillip Rivers in with two weeks of notice and have him win a Super Bowl, and then we could go, okay, well, Kyle Shanahan's system just works with anybody. Yeah, you
2: want me to tell you what that will look like? Uh, go back and watch the Minnesota Vikings offense last night run by Jaron Hall. Right. When he stepped back and went, Oh, yeah, pass rushers. I <laughs> forgot that you have those. I forgot those because exceptions. two of them hit him. but uh, Mike Tyson never got hit as hard as right. uh, Jaron Hall did last night. And then
1: it happened again. Well, they, the, the San Francisco 49ers never had that opportunity. They weren't winning that game with a healthy no. Brock Purdy anyway. No, and now you just think they're
2: going to win the NFC West yes. with that guy. Yes. Hmm. yeah, That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It did. How about them Seahawks?
1: Let's go. How about them? Oh, your it's future. Be
2: tight. Your future NFC West champion, Seattle Seahawks. No big deal. T- <laughs> I mean,
1: I'm not at the point we of yelling see. it yet.
2: We like I am see. with the Jets and your your 2023 You're just, NCAA champion Florida State. I'm
1: solidly convinced in that. That's the year of Jeremy. Everything I touch turns to gold. Let's go, baby. Okay. Let's well, go. Let's baby. See, so is this actually Josh Palmer season? Is that or-
2: I will not tolerate any Josh Palmer slander on this year program.
1: I mean, he entered the offseason as the three for his team, and now he's the four, maybe the five. One of these days, somebody will find
2: Josh Palmer and they will appreciate him, and they will let him develop into the songbird of his generation that he
1: was born to be. <laughs> uh, let's switch gears here a little bit and talk some uh, college because the the, the the reorganization and the shifting and the, the, co- the conference expansion and all of that – The talk still continues as the ACC has apparently been beating down that or or going down that path of considering bringing in Cal and Stanford. Yeah. uh, Let me,
2: (laughs) when you have those discussions, let me answer that for you.
1: Just uh, in in one word, don't. (laughs) Now Notre Dame has gotten involved. And Notre Dame is trying to, you know, urge the ACC. They want to. They just kind of want to nudge the ACC and hey, 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 you know, if you wanted to bring in Sta- uh, Cal and Stanford, we would really appreciate that. Awesome. That's wonderful. Uh, as, Jeremy like Green some- li- as Jeremy Green likes to say, that and a dollar will get you a Coke. Because as as the commissioner of the ACC, I'm telling you, I don't give a damn what you say. That would until be like- you say two words to me. I'm in. I'm in, and then I care what you say. That would be like somebody coming to your house
2: and taking a a a a, a, a piddle in your second bathroom and going, you know what'd be really nice? Ripped up that countertop and put in some marble. <laughs> I don't. You don't live here. (laughs) Go to your house and do renovations,
1: George. Just because you're a, uh, just because you are a uh, a national brand here and a and and a partial member of our conference in football doesn't mean I'm listening to anything you say. Now, obviously, that's not true, because the ACC and the commissioners uh, from John Swafford up until this one, what's his name? I keep forgetting. Phillips. Jim Phillips. Jim Phillips. Yeah. This whole time we've been playing this game with Notre Dame, it's been, you know, just like uh, Pavlov's dog. Pavlov's dog. Every time they ring the bell, you're just salivating, wondering what's, oh, what's Notre Dame? Are they going to throw us a bone today? Stop playing this cat and mouse game with Notre Dame. Either you're in or you're out. And until then, you can, you know, STF you. Well, <laughs> you went
2: Pavlov's dog. I was thinking more Schrodinger's cat. Till you open the box. That cat is both alive and dead, because <laughs> it could be great, or it could mean very, very little, which is w- what I think. You okay? Look, we, and and look, the ACC thing is really easy to figure out. You want me to tell you what the allure of this is? Because it ain't that hard to figure out. You add Cal and Stanford, what does that do? It opens up another television window yeah. because now you get two games every single week that you can put on the ACC network at ten thirty at night. And you got Stanford and Virginia, and it's just another piece of content for you to put out there. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's why the. That's why the Big Ten brought in USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. You opened up another window for me to make money. Now those are four really alluring. Well, those are two really alluring, a halfway alluring, and uh, I only I'm only here because my brother made me, uh, my parents made my brother make me, <laughs> which is UCLA. But, uh, okay, name's on the door. I have been wanting to rant about something pretty much all week long, and and now I'm going to. Eli Drinkowitz, all right, he is the, the head coach at Missouri. Mm-hmm. And he went on this great tirade about how the Big Ten adding all of these schools is so bad for mental health and and the volleyball team and the softball team. Okay, a. There is no way you are so stupid that you don't actually know that they're going to schedule these things in a way that makes sense because it costs a lot of money for sports for sports that don't make any. So that's disingenuous thing you said, number one. The second disingenuous thing you said is, oh, by the way, you get checks on a weekly basis from a school that did the same thing before you showed up here. Had no problem with that. But now, oh, we got to, what is it? What is that stupid? Virtue signaling. Mm -hmm. I got to virtue signal everybody and tell them I'm on their side for the stupid thing they said. It all comes down to money. If you don't make any, you don't exist anymore. What a foreign thought that is. That felt good. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. That felt really good. That was like having a kahiba in a box for six right. months. And you just light that bad boy up and go, oh, that was wonderful.
1: <laughs> Notre Dame weighing in on the situation. And like I said, you commit to us, then maybe we'll listen to what you have to say. Because here's the thing. I'm not bringing in two schools without getting more money for it. Well, I mean, they I mean would,
2: the amount of share that those two schools would get is going to be such a a pathetic little tiny amount that it doesn't really move the needle anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of their, their alternative routes is to join the Ivy league. So it's not like you're really coming from a position of power in the first place. I mean, and here's the problem. I'll tell you this verbatim out of the mouth of uh, somebody pretty high up in a school, reasonably close to here. Why in the world would we cut you in on a football profit share when we know you're not putting that money into the football program, mm-hmm. you're going to take it and build a chem lab or or something for these tech nerds that are building computers. Why would we take our football money and fund your, your computer projects with that? That makes no sense. I'm not going to do that. I'd rather go get SMU, which uh, a degree from that place is actually printed on the back of a Cheerios box. Sorry, SMU. Mm-hmm. Look at your academic.
1: Uh, look at your APR scores yeah. and tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, the uh, as Adam Black pointed out in the comments, the Atlantic Coast Conference now is prodding around to see if we can add two West Coast schools and a Texas and team. a Texas school. You want to get in those markets. You want to get in those states. They're you know, uh, you know, super populated states, a lot of football talent in them. That th- that I can understand opening up the recruiting uh, lanes. To about, those two areas.
2: It's all about the money. Follow the money. All right, this is this is not hard. This is like being a cop and somebody died. All right, you come up to a murder scene. What is the first thing you think of? Who benefited from the death of this person? Why is, it, why is the spouse always the first person you look at? Because that's the person who probably had a financial reason for this to have happened. Mm-hmm. All ties back to the money. Follow the money, and you'll get to the correct answer with this. Having SMU is beneficial. I do not see any perk of Cal and Stanford except that late night West Coast window, and I'm not a hundred percent sure that's a perk. It would have been with UCLA. It would have been with Washington. You were never getting Cal or a uh, USC in Oregon anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't see it with Stanford. I don't see it with Cal. Neither one of these schools cares yeah. at all. So why would I? Why would I cut you in on a share? I have, I have no. Even idea. Even if it was a ten million dollar share. I'm still not sure I would want to do that. Mm-hmm. You're not bringing anything to us. No. Oh, you made you made our our uh, uh, academic APR scores go up. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, that and a dollar will buy you a
1: cup. Right. Our travel expenses for our teams just went up. And why? Why would we take a game away from Virginia playing locally? Uh, you know, you're not taking away like the Virginia Tech game, but why would we take away a game with? Like Virginia, Virginia and, and Clemson. Tech. You know, Virginia and Clemson. Why would I give that up for Virginia and Stanford? A game that tens and tens of people would really rush out to see. Exactly. I'll pass. You're in the Sportsocracy, and this is ESPN Asheville.
5: I believe real estate isn't about properties, it's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt Zach with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis.
2: Are you Beer City's best fantasy football player? Your chance to prove it is back. The Sportsocracy's Battle for the Belt is back for year two with two ways to win. Our standard contest and the new Eliminator Challenge for the most hardcore of football fans. Play fantasy football with us every week of the NFL season and compete for a cause with proceeds benefiting Evelyn Charity's St. Nicholas Project. Register today at thesportsocracy.com and take your shot at the title of Beer City's fantasy football champion.
1: If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now. Is that very godly? Look, life comes at you fast, but so does WNC Auto Detailing. They have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor. You don't believe me? Check them out on Instagram. All that filth and years of stains disappear. WNC Auto Detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction, and they do wax and ceramic coatings. Call WNC Auto Detailing at 455 3700. Premium care with a Southern Hospitality Touch. Coffee's
2: the closers home.
0: Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when
5: you get the power,
2: then you get the whoop. Are you ready? We're only two weeks away from our first set of college football bangers. But this week, we have a great convergence of all things degenerate with the NFL preseason. This is Green on Green brought to you by Ingalls Markets. Low prices, love the savings. I'm going to start with the most basic way I can explain to bet the preseason. First of all, if you do it, you should probably seek a meeting in the basement of a church. But since you might be like me and you like to wager on things, take the over on every preseason game. The NFL has not figured out that they're setting these numbers too low. They overreacted years ago, and now we're at these 35, 33 and a halves, and seemingly two out of every three games go over that. So take the overs. But where we converge all things degenerate, when you have a coach that takes the preseason way too seriously, and he plays a coach that doesn't take it seriously at all, you should have hammered that. And we've got three of them. Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott. They're all at least 13 games over five hundred in the preseason as coaches, and they're going up against Todd Bowles, who's 7-12, and 12, Nick Sirianni, who's 1-4. And Shane Steichen, who's never coached a game in his life. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers, minus the three at the Buccaneers. Baltimore Ravens, minus the four and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. Buffalo Bills in the money line against the Colts. These are three really easy winners, and it's easy money. Even if you only hit two out of three, it's still a profitable weekend. For more, find us on all the social medias, at the Sportsocracy. And as always, love the savings with angles Love the winnings with me. Mullin it out.
0: He's a degenerate gambler.
2: You are a smelly pirate hooker.
0: And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets.
1: It is the Sportsocracy, and this is ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM, or 1400 we're heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio Radio app. Seen live in the Ingles Studio on YouTube. Go to thesportsocracy.com. Click the live video link. Subscribe to the channel and join us in the chat. So uh, I meant to do this at the top of the program and and I forgot about it. Uh, I need I need to send a shout out to Andrew because yesterday I got I got surprised as I was walking out of my mom and dad's house yesterday after work. This guy's jogging up the street in their neighborhood. And he, we did that thing where I looked at him and he looked at me and I'm trying to figure out, do I know this guy from somewhere? Like, did he? Did I go to high school with him? Because my parents still live in the same neighborhood that I grew up in in high school. And the guy didn't say anything at first and then he stares me down and he points and he goes, you're you. And I went, Yep. I, uh, yeah, I, I, um, would, I you told me the story, and
2: I went, I, I don't know how I would have responded to that. I would have gone, yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know what that, yes. I, I, I mean, for me, I would have immediately just put my hands behind yeah. my back, like this. It's, it's a resting time, right?
1: But apparently, Andrew's a big fan of the show, and I, I felt I needed to shout him out. I, I always appreciate it when, uh, when people tell me that they're a big fan of the show and the product because, you know, it's, it's kind of part of the, part of the thing we always say about being in the radio business you know it doesn't pay much in money but it does pay a lot in limelight so when we get recognized it's it's quite nice and so andrew we appreciate you listening we appreciate all of you listening and anytime you see us around don't ever hesitate to say hello or think that we're bigger we're too big to talk to you or whatever Uh, you probably
2: Um, have to tell me to stop talking because I, i like to talk a lot
1: because honestly we're not. We're just two big dum-dums who get on this radio program three hours a day, every weekday, and try to entertain the best that we possibly can.
2: Especially if I'm libating. <laughs> uh, if I'm drinking, you rest assured. <laughs> well, God, man, it's at least a five-minute conversation that you got on your heads.
1: What's the chances of you seeing Jeremy drinking when he's out in public? 100%. Yes, exactly.
2: Uh, One hundred. <laughs> that's the only reason I go out in public. It's to drink. It's because I got tired of drinking at my house. Right,
1: right. Uh, it is a it is a Friday afternoon. We are awaiting six games in the preseason of the NFL tonight. And then we've got a slew of games tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, what, two on Sunday? Yes. It's a weekend chock full of football, even though many of us feel like it doesn't really matter
2: it's the it's the 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 dollar margs and the boneless buffalo wings of football season this will get you through until your main
1: course shows up
2: <laughs> yes you're not a great way to, to live off dollar margs and boneless buffalo wings
1: i mean you or try. nachos do what you try
2: no i don't ever get boneless buffalo wings it's a chicken nugget with sauce
1: don't don't Bone make, end wing i was gonna say don't make that don't make that face you love chicken nuggies
2: I do love chicken nuggies, but, but that boneless wings, eh, you're just a chicken nuggie trying to masquerade as something you're not. Uh, well let's, you know, with
1: training camp, all in full swing, preseason in full swing, let's play another round of either, neither or both. Or as I say it,
2: either, neither or both.
1: Indeed. So first question.
2: Mine is, is really simple. And it's, it's been a developing story over the last few days on the Washington insert team name here, 2024 staff, Ron Rivera, Eric B either, neither or both. Wow. You came out with a hammer. Um, for those of you that don't know, Ron Rivera basically threw Eric B under every wheel of a bus. Yes. Then comes out and says, I put my foot in my mouth. Well, you did, but it wasn't like a one-off line. You said it, and then you doubled down on it two or three times about how he coaches the players hard, and some of them aren't responding to it, and some of them came to him and were very concerned about how Eric Biedemey is coaching us. Right. Which one's on that staff
1: next year? Making a decision on that right now? Mm -hmm. I'm going Neither. Because I still firmly believe that this team is not going to surprise people. I don't think this is going to be a surprise playoff team. It's a rookie quarterback trying to get his legs underneath him. I know your defense has all the talent in the world, but they've underwhelmed for the last three or four years. And I don't think Ron Rivera is surviving this season, or the, the, after the season. I don't think he's surviving the next offseason. Because new ownership is going to do what new ownership does. They're going to bring in a name. They'll bring in somebody to create some buzz because Ron Rivera doesn't do that for you. And now, with this about Biennemi coming out, this is just stemming down the path that we've been told about Eric Biennemi for all of these years. Everybody goes, why is he not getting jobs? Why is he not getting jobs? And everybody that you can, that will you know, everybody that's willing to share with you why they think he's not getting jobs Uh, will tell you. He sweats a lot. He's not a great interview, and he's a little
2: hard on players.
1: Yeah. He has a standoffish relationship with players, and it doesn't create the greatest of cultures inside the locker room. He may be a hell of a coach and be able to design plays and all of that, which I don't know how much credit we should give him for that, being on the staff with Andy Reid. This is his chance to shine, right? We talked about it when he made the move. This is his chance to prove that he can draw up plays and he can be that, uh, that innovator that we think he is. Or that we've been sold that he is by Andy Reid. And the first thing your new coach does is throw you under the bus telling is telling the media that the players aren't on board with what you're doing. That's That's a terrible way to do business. And if that's going to continue throughout the season, my answer is neither. So you know I'm a
2: bit of a conspiracy theorist. I'm going to say either... And it's Eric B Okay. Let me tell you how I think this goes. You're going to start, I believe, reasonably well because you play the Cardinals and the Broncos the first two weeks. The Cardinals look like an XFL team. And the Broncos, are they put on uh, daddy's clothes, and now they think they're big people because they wear big people clothes. And you're still not good. So, mm-hmm. I can see Washington starting 2-0. Then – your second home game, you play the Buffalo Bills, who if the last time you two played is any indicator, they are going to beat you brainless. They then you have to go to the Eagles, the Bears at the Falcons. There is a long layoff after that Bears game. It's a, I want to say that's another Thursday night game that they cursed us with because the last time the Bears and the Washington Commanders played on Thursday night football, I actually think I aged four years and 60 minutes. I think Ron Rivera gets fired before this year's over. Okay. New ownership, as you said, mm-hmm. they love making their imprint on a team. Here's the problem with the we're going to go out and make a splash at coach. Who's that guy? Lincoln Riley? Good luck. First of all, college coaches in the NFL? Doesn't work. Been there. Coordinators? Who's the hot coordinator that's going to take this job? I'm not saying it's a terrible job. Mm-hmm. You don't know where it sits. Because you're going to be taking a job with an owner that's been here for less than 12 months when you take this job. Right. So which makes more sense? A guy that's been in the building with them, that has the hype, and you give him a somewhere between a 5 and a 10-game trial. You fire on Rivera. You promote Eric Biennemi. Del Rio's still on the staff, so he's got a former head coach that can help coach him down the way as a head coach. And you give him a, a trial at the end of the year. You end with the Rams, the Jets, the 49ers, and the Cowboys. Now, that sounds really difficult, but think about it this way. The Rams are awful. That's th- This is your last four off the bye week because they have the last bye week of the season. Mm-hmm. So you play the Rams, who are bad, coming off a bye at the Jets. That's probably not going to be fun. 49ers and the Cowboys the last two weeks of the season, those two teams may have absolutely nothing to play for. The NFC's awful, and that's two of the four best teams. I don't really care how you look at it. So they could be locked into playoff spots. I think San Francisco is probably going to be out of the division by them because I do think Seattle is markedly better than them. Dallas is probably out of the division because I think Philadelphia is markedly better than them. That may not be as daunting as it looks right now. And if the enemy can get some gusto behind him, that becomes a really easy hey, he was the interim, he rallied us together, the offense looked better at the end of the year, and now we're going to give him his shot. So I will say it is one of them, and it's Eric Bieniemy as the head coach.
1: Okay. I want to look at uh, roster moves in this uh, preseason. We still have some running backs, notable running back names that are out on the market. You got Dalvin Cook, who keeps making visits and not signing anywhere. Ezekiel Elliott, who I believe has been in the building for a couple of teams, but I've never heard any buzz really about him getting a contract. Kind of the, I guess, Kareem Hunt, he was supposed to sign somewhere and then he didn't, and he was going to be close to signing somewhere else. He's still available, right? Yes. He's in Minnesota
2: right now. So He so, has not signed as of uh, eight minutes ago.
1: So the question is, Who, who's on a roster week one, either, neither, both. And I guess both of them, since there's three of them between Dalvin cook, Kareem hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, who's on a roster. I will
2: say all of them. Dalvin cook will either be a dolphin or a jet. I think at some point he has to come to the point that you realize these are the offers. The Dolphins aren't coming off more money. Th- something went amiss with his visit to the Jets in his own head. I don't know what that is. I've been told from the Jets' side it was fine. Uh, they enjoyed each other. He left without a deal, which they didn't really expect. And now we're here. If somebody looks ineffective tomorrow against the the Panthers, I could see him maybe upping the incentives to Dalvin Cook to have Brees and Dalvin. So I'll say Dalvin cooks either with the jets or the dolphins cream hunt is either with the saints or more likely the Colts and Ezekiel Elliott probably ends up with either the Patriots or the Cowboys. Cowboys is the one that I, I would say it's 97% mm-hmm. reunion with, with Dallas. Okay. He wanted to go a lot of other places. And I will tell you there's interest with him with the jets. I just don't think they're going to get to – I don't think they'll get to the point where they sign Ezekiel Elliott unless Dalvin Cook signs somewhere else. And I think he'll get impatient before that happens. And either sign with New England or Dallas.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. I don't put
2: much stock into the – I think he's using Minnesota as leverage. Kareem Hunt wants to be in a camp. The other two, I'm not so sure. They wouldn't step – the first time they put on the jersey be week one, and they wouldn't have a problem with
1: it. Mm -hmm. I think week one comes and – I would say Dalvin is signed, but I don't know about the other two. I really don't. Without an injury happening somewhere else, I don't see anybody really beating down those doors. I mean, I, I look at my team, who, by the way, ESPN did, just did their talent ranking on all of the position groups across the NFL. By every position group, they ranked every team. Uh, my team... Tampa Bay Buccaneers ended up number 32 in the running back category. And I feel like Kareem Hunt might make sense for us if he's a you know, a cheap option. But there again, we've been you know, we've been we've we've been signing these vet contracts for a few years and so maybe they'll go after Ezekiel Elliott, but I doubt it.
2: Zeke could also get like $7 million from the Houston Texans because they love signing mediocre, overpriced
1: veterans. There you go. But I think Dalvin Cook is probably the only one out of the three that ends up on a roster by week one, barring injury, and then after that it's just a game of who breaks first.
2: All right, I, I, I uh, I have another question. Okay. And it's Big 12 ACC. And there's no both in this because you you can't really split them up. Cal Stanford, do they end up in the Big 12, the ACC, either, neither, or both?
1: I think I'm going both. I mean, not both. I mean, I think I'm going they end up in the ACC. Because the more I think about it, the more that just – it seems like an ACC move to me of – and I think Notre Dame plays a key in this. Last hour when we were talking about it, and I said, no, I, no Notre, Notre Dame would have to commit to me before I would take their advice and add these two teams. That's what I would do. I don't think the ACC is doing that. I think the ACC will continue to play this game forever with Notre Dame as long as they don't join the Big Ten.
2: Well, the thing about Notre Dame is that they're the prettiest girl at the bar. So you got to keep buying the drinks. you got to mm-hmm. keep listening to the stupid work stories and going, you're so insightful.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because there's not another pretty girl at the bar. Right. I mean, who is the other win? Nobody is leaving the SEC or the Big Ten to come to the ACC. No. The Pac-12 now does not exist. The There's only a handful of teams that I think leave the Big 12 because there's no grant of rights. So, yes, they have a media deal, but it is it's much more positive. The only way a team would leave that is if they felt like th- they would benefit from some way. That's why I think they've chased SMU. SMU feels like kind of an also run of the Big 12. Mm-hmm. They would be the only team in Texas in the ACC. We've seen them do this before. Not them specifically. We've seen teams in Texas do this to differentiate themselves from the others. What right. Texas A&M did when they went to the SEC. Right. Uh, Patrick Holton, our YouTube comment said they should go independent. They wouldn't exist for three. In three years, they wouldn't exist. They don't make enough money.
1: Cal and Stanford you're talking
2: about. Yes. Independent, they would literally not exist in three years because they work at such a deficit. I think the story was Cal loses somewhere in the neighborhood of $70 million every three years in athletics. Wow. You cannot live at that kind of deficit as an independent because now instead of making $20, $30 million from your your TV deal with the conference, now you make nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's hard to get your games on because you have to play teams that are in conferences to get on television, and then they get the money. They cut, they stipe you a check basically like they do with FCS schools to come play them. You're not going to live off that. Their only options are the Big 12 ACC or to go down and into the Ivy or something like that. Mm-hmm. I
1: actually think that's
2: every bit as likely as the ACC
1: is. But that's not even FBS football.
2: No, but neither are they. These are these are two group of five skills that have been masquerading as power fives for a long time because they've been propped up. Uh, well now your, yeah. your crutches have been thrown in the ocean so uh, you're either gonna hop or you're gonna sit down and I think it's much more likely they sit down. they yeah. just don't care enough.
1: yeah I I mean I guess so. I I, I just I don't see them as FCS programs. I guess I because they've been power five programs you know forever.
2: Think about and this, I mean, right? been, as the money has become rep- a bigger thing, have you noticed that both of those progr- programs have just fallen off the ocean? Sure. It's because they're never going to take the money away from the academics. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Same thing that happens at Northwestern, same thing that happens at Vanderbilt. They're just not going to.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I, I can't believe that anybody is going to look at them and go, yeah, we want to give up part of our pie for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Florida State and Clemson will lose their minds. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the part part of the Notre Dame deal too. Would be you bring your t- you bring me your TV money, you join the ACC, and then we can pay for those other two. You want them so bad, then you got to join. Uh, Tim Raymond said, "How about
2: everybody just stays where they're at?" Well, that toothpaste is already that. out of the tube.
1: Yeah, you can't do that yeah, because th- that- this is survive in advance. Now this is this is Jimmy Valvano basketball. Like we have to figure out a way. To survive in advance. If we don't want to end up moving down to the FCS and playing with Princeton in the Ivy League, then Stanford and Cal, they got to take whatever deal they can get. The ACC, I don't know that they're going to benefit all that much from it, but if you're in the position where you're having to pick up the scraps from the Big Ten and the uh, the, the Big 12 and the SEC and whoever's left, you want as many of these pieces as you can get, Right.
2: It, it it just depends on how they fall in monetarily
1: because that's where I'm not
2: losing a Florida State, a Clemson, a Carolina, anybody like I am mm-hmm. not losing them over Cal and Stanford and Washington State and Oregon State, and that I'm won't not happen. doing
1: it. That won't happen. Let's
2: that, see. That's where I think we're at. I think the ACC's done this exploratory thing, which is basically a nice way of saying we asked them how little money will you do this for, and we're going to take it back to the power brokers and see if they're okay with it. Mm-hmm. The more likely, and I just want you to remember I said this because I haven't heard anybody say this yet, the more likely is the Pac-12 only has one thing left, the name. Mm-hmm. That's all you have. You have four teams and a shell of a conference that's been around for 111 years. Don't be shocked if they go to the Mountain West and say, we will absorb you. I don't know how they would do it from a meteorites deal and your media rights will go up, but we dissolve the Mountain West and we all become the new Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I have not heard anybody say that out loud yet, and I think that's probably the most likely.
1: So Cal and Stanford, and who are the other ones left?
2: Uh, Washington State and Oregon State. Yeah,
1: so they all band together with the Mountain West. It would make way more sense to well, me. Well, I mean, because
2: the Mountain West TV deal is going to triple just mm-hmm. being under the Pac-12 name. Absolutely. The question is if the four... I think the four know where they are, which is why Washington State's AD and their president and all of these people keep talking about how we were left out here to die because they know mm-hmm. we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. The only thing you have is the name. That's the only thing you can sell. You can also sell the the Apple deal is probably better than anything that that the Mountain West could do themselves. Mm-hmm. It won't be as high as it was before these other teams left but it's still something, and it's probably enough to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. I was told specifically Washington State and Oregon State may not have anything outside of football, basketball, and baseball within three years if we don't find a soft place to land. Yep,
1: The we, Mountain West is your only bailout. We are in an unprecedented time in college sports, but people act like we've never seen this happen before, like we've never seen teams jump conferences, and some conferences you know, go up in stature and take steps back. Do you remember what the, uh, or, or do you remember reading, because none of us were around for this, what the premier basketball conference of the 1940s was? It was the Southern Conference that had oh, South that. Carolina and North Carolina and Kentucky. At, and eventually that all broke up and became, you know, Kentucky goes to the SEC and uh, so does South Carolina. And, well, they were in the ACC originally. but But we've seen this happen before. It's not like... These brands are, dare I say, too big to fail.
2: Yeah, that doesn't exist.
1: The Pac-12 has already failed. It's just now figuring out what their path forward is.
2: Uh, Chad Reagan in the YouTube comment said, "Doesn't seem like anyone wants to touch Oregon State and Washington State." Let me let me tell you why that is. There are two things that you can be, as as an institution, and be attractive. You can either be really good athletically, and you're catching up bonuses, You're catching bonuses for bowl games. And, and media appearances and national television games, or you can be a smart school, which bumps up the APR and it, it has its own value. Oregon State and Washington State don't do either one of those. They're fine schools. They're just not prestigious schools. They're not the level of Cal or Stanford or Notre Dame or any of these high-end academic programs. They're really mid-majors that have been masquerading as power five schools for a long time. They were propped up by USC and UCLA and Oregon, schools that made money. They were okay taking the, the the losses that they got with these bottom feeders because you have to play somebody. Well, now they're gone. So you're just sitting here like, well, um, who, who wants to hang out? Because I ain't got anybody to hang out with. And
1: I can't survive by myself. You're in the sportsocracy, and this is CSPN Asheville
4: our communities are filled with wonderful people who make living here great at home trust bank we're proud of that and that's why we focus on helping homeowners prepare for what's next our local mortgage bankers have the experience you need and exceptional personal service you'll appreciate home trust bank is ready to help make a house your home When it's time to buy, visit your local home trust branch
5: or go to htb.com forward slash mortgage. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times. And that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. Attention,
3: it's time for the morning announcements. Make sure your parents are aware of the Ingalls Tools for Schools program and ask them to link their Ingalls Advantage card to our school. Remember, you have to do it each year. Now please stand and join me in the Pledge of Allegiance.
0: I pledge allegiance to the flag. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida,
1: and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. Back in the Engel Studio on ESPN Asheville. Time to get weird, and it's, you know, it it may not be that weird for some of you. It definitely wasn't weird for me to find out that, uh, you know, a GovCo school has screwed up mightily to start out a school year, but I think this is probably the biggest story of ineptitude I have heard, at least in a long, long time, from an entire school district just punting the beginning of the school year. C.J. Stroud didn't have a great year, a great start to his season with the Houston Texans, and the uh, Jefferson County Public School System in Kentucky, right outside of uh, uh, Louisville, they, uh, they boo-boo kitty. They spent $199,000 in the uh, in the summer to bring in a engineering firm to help them figure out their bus shortage or bus driver shortage situation. We only have this many bus drivers for the season, for for the year.
2: So you need 200 you need to spend $200,000 to have somebody explain to you How to draw up bus routes.
1: The most efficient bus routes. They're going to find the the perfect solution for us to be able to work with a small number of drivers and a massive number of kids. This is the largest school district in the state of Kentucky. They serve 65,000 bus riders. So they got a lot to do with apparently a very short staff. So they bring in this group and they go, okay, here's the plan first day of school happens and it was as the superintendent of jefferson county public schools said in a video posted on social media yesterday morning this was a transportation disaster because the children some of them did not get home from the first day of school until 10 p.m that is a nightmare that so much of a nightmare that they had to cancel school for the rest of the week. They canceled school today or or yesterday and today so that they could take the next four days to try to teach the bus drivers their routes better. So what? Did all of these bus drivers just get lost in the middle of their routes? One would think for $200,000, they could have bought a Jeepus. You would think so. I mean, it it doesn't sound like uh, being a student in this school district is... Is any type of fun because they they talk about some kids have to be picked up for the school bus uh, at 6 a.m. And many of them have to walk a half a mile to get to their bus stop because they can't go up and down all of the little roads because they want to keep it efficient for fewer bus drivers. And maybe you're going to have to pay your bus drivers a little bit more.
2: Well, I mean, uh, maybe. I got into an argument with this about uh, about this with someone. I guess it's been two years ago now. Of you know, two jobs that we can't seem to fill at this point are fast food establishments, which are predominantly filled by kids, Mm -hmm. and school bus drivers, which has to deal with kids. Maybe it's because a higher percentage of kids are jerks
1: <laughs> my story
2: is it's a much happier story jeremy green hates kids let's I, go. I do not hate kids just there's some kids that they live on that fafo scale and they know that they can't get smacked yep taco no tuesday lies. is it has been liberated ladies and gentlemen let's give a round of applause to taco bell for liberating taco tuesday what does that mean so Taco Tuesday, the the term was trademarked by a, a company called uh Taco Billy's. I think it's Taco Billy's. Taco Johns, excuse me. I knew it was a, I knew it was a men's name and that didn't sound right. They had the trademark in forty nine states. Gregory's now remains having the trademark in New Jersey. Taco Johns gave up the trademark because Taco Bell basically sued them to get it away from them so they just gave it up okay taco bell donated millions of dollars to charity to get them to do it and it's not that they want to use it themselves they want everybody to be able to use it so for the next four tuesdays they are giving away free doritos locos tacos at all of their establishments except new jersey Mm -hmm. still can't do that in new jersey and this is the bigger part of the story to me on september the 12th They are having a huge Taco Tuesday celebration in collaboration with DoorDash. They're putting $5 million towards orders from any participating vendor that sells Mexican food. So if you order a DoorDash order from a Mexican restaurant, your local mom and pop Mexican restaurant, several great ones right here in Western North Carolina, they will give you a few bucks off your order. So kudos Mm -hmm. to Taco Bell. Now we can use Taco Tuesday. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Taco Bell. Just
2: uh, at Recent number 743. Frequent your loco Taco Bell. All right.
1: The loco Taco
2: Bell? The, the local Taco <laughs> Bell. They have saved you from many intoxicated nights. One o'clock comes around and you're Ubering home. Whose lights lit up? Taco Bell. Who's helping you get regionally sourced Mexican food? Taco Bell.
1: I I didn't need that. I didn't need that. Taco Bell. I appreciate the effort. You're trying to help everybody out, and and I appreciate that. But you didn't help me at all, because we've had we've had petitions raised to get the volcano taco back. We've it's had we've we've had uh, uh, the Mexican pizza. It's movement. Back. Where are my where where are my dogs at for the choco taco? Damn it. Because I need I need the Choco Taco back. But but they didn't do the Choco Taco I don't Taco care. Back. They need to make it and bring it back because I miss it. It's so good. It's so good. Damn Klondike for, for getting rid of that. But but they didn't do that.
2: That's not their thing I don't care. to bring back. I don't care.
1: Taco Bell, I need you to solve the real problems. Liberating Taco Tuesday was nothing I ever really was interested in. Well, as a marketing guy, I was. <laughs> I need the Choco Taco back. They brought back the Mexican pizza. They
2: brought back the uh, Fiesta cheesy potatoes and they have now brought back the the volcano sauce. It's 1998, folks. It, it, it's it's a it's a brave new world we're living in. Just breathe it in. Just breathe. It's just it's a movement that we can all get behind.
1: You're in the Sports Odyssey. This is ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 8:80 a.m. and 1400 Jeremy's a degenerate gambler. He's got a problem. I mean, he wagers preseason football, and he's placed wagers on uh, Russian table tennis. and
2: Cricket. cricket. Don't even know the rules of the game.
1: All of that. Don't care. It's crazy.
2: Had a banger. Had to follow it.
1: I feel like if you were, you know, we've often said if you were going to be a professional golfer, you would be John Daly. Yes. Maybe you'd be a cross between John Daly and Phil Mickelson. Also possible. Phil... Got a hell of a problem. We'll bring it up next. Attention, it's time for the morning announcements.
3: Make sure your parents are aware of the Ingalls Tools for Schools program and ask them to link their Ingalls Advantage card to our school. Remember, you have to do it each year. Now please stand and join me in the Pledge of Allegiance.
4: I love you. running a small business is no small task at home trust bank we work hard to prepare businesses for whatever tomorrow may bring your dreams are our business and we have local experts who can help you plan for a successful future dependable guidance you need and service you'll appreciate at home trust bank we take your small business banking personally visit your local home trust branch or anytime at htb.com
5: member fdic Real estate isn't about properties, it's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina.
2: Are you Beer City's best fantasy football player? Your chance to prove it is back. The Sportsocracy's battle for the belt is back for year two with two ways to win. Our standard contest and the new Eliminator Challenge for the most hardcore of football fans. Play fantasy football with us every week of the NFL season and compete for a cause with proceeds benefiting Evelyn Charity's St. Nicholas Project. Register today at thesportsocracy.com and take your shot at the title of Beer City's Fantasy Football Challenge champion
0: the sportsocracy
1: that is some good clean family fun there hey eh, it is the sportsocracy and this is cspn Asheville. you're listening everywhere around the world on the iHeartRadio radio app don't forget go to the sportsocracy.com click on the live video link subscribe to the youtube channel in the description of the youtube video and of course on the uh, front page of the sportsocracy.com you can find all of the links to get involved in the battle for the belt two belts on the line this year our weekly dfs contest the two different belts why because there's two different contests we're doing the standard dfs contest just like we did last year that michael meadows won he'll be defending his title in that this year but we also have the new Eliminator Challenge that kind of raises the the level of difficulty on the DFS game, where you can only use one you can only use a guy three times throughout the season. Proceeds from the Battle for the Belt contest go to Eblin Charity Saint Nicholas Project. So you really have no excuse. I mean, you get to play fantasy football and you can write that off as a donation on your taxes. So I mean you choose to do what you want to do that's a that's a heck of a selling point there um uh, and apparently yeah there are there are no there are no plans right now for good humor to bring back the uh choco taco and
2: i mean you're you're screaming for taco bell to do it in spite of the fact they've never
1: carried that ever yes they have yes they have well they didn't make it it was no they they didn't make it they sold it it was made by klondike and then klondike sold out to good humor and then good humor cut it out because of the pandemic stupid COVID we're not doing it again well I mean and stop bec- now
2: and because people didn't you know eat it if enough people no. ate it then they would have continued
1: to make you it you stop that it was glorious Choco Tacos yeah I when was the fight. last
2: time you had one before they discontinued it
1: <laughs> shut up
2: uh, fact I don't care about <laughs> friends
1: <laughs> oh <Uh-oh. laughs> Jeremy uh, if Jeremy was a golfer I'm pretty sure he would be a mix between John Daly and and Phil Mickelson because if you had a billion dollars, you would definitely wager it. Uh, There's a good possibility of that, yes. So there's a new book coming out about Phil Mickelson, and one of the excerpts from the book was released yesterday, and it's the biographer talking about how much Phil Mickelson has wagered over the last 30 years of his uh, professional golf career. And he puts the figure over 30 years at $1 billion that Phil Mickelson has wagered. Uh, and and I call shenanigans. No possible way? Well,
2: you're going to have to explain to me how that could possibly happen. Because the, the calculation on Phil Mickelson's net worth is $875 million. Mm-hmm. So if he had wagered a billion dollars over the course of his life, he would be holding the, a Wheaties box that he had cut in half saying, we'll gamble for food. Because that math don't math. I mean, now, it doesn't it mean sounds lost. a lot better when you say, no, I, and I get that. But if you win at that level, you're going to keep doing it. Because mm-hmm. Phil has, has already told us he has a gambling problem.
1: Had. Had. A gambling problem. Mm -hmm. Phil Mickelson says that he doesn't do that anymore. That he had to go through hundreds of hours of therapy to solve his gambling problem. And now he doesn't gamble at that that level anymore. And then somebody, I think there was a Twitter battle between him and somebody else. And they said, yeah, what about uh, you trying to tell me you don't gamble on the golf course? He's like, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't say that. Said I don't gamble to the level that I did, because right now I cap all of my wagers during a round of golf at a thousand dollars. Like, oh well, you so you still have
2: the, see, a problem. People like Phil Mickelson saying they have a, have a gambling addiction. It kind of reminds me of like when Tiger Woods said he had a sex addiction, and he had to go to a to a clinic to be to be healed. And the only thing I could think of was, what'd you get caught doing? Because that's the only way you admitted this. That's it. You, Phil is worth almost a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. You're gambling a thousand bucks on the golf course. If you went through hundreds of hours of some form of rehab, that's because you were directed to doing that for a reason. Yep. Let me tell you a story. All right. Since we're talking about gambling, I want to tell you just how stupid Jeremy is and everything I'm getting ready to tell you. hundred percent true. Amy and I took a cruise to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Well, you ever been on a cruise? Yeah. Did you buy the drink package on the cruise? Yeah. Yeah. That first day, they serve you this just heavenly punch Mm -hmm. that is, I I, I mean, I don't know what they put in it, but I can tell you it wasn't that strong for not nary none of the days for the rest (laughs) of that cruise. And me being me, I received a few beverages from people that couldn't drink their 15 in one day because... Well, a normal, pe- normal person can't. I can. So, you know, late in the evening, Jeremy meanders his way out of the room and down into the casino, and they said you have to use your little your your little room key to 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 gamble. Well, twenty four, I think, was what we counted of those fun little punchy drinks. Later, Jeremy's become full dum dum. With a limitless credit card in his hand,
3: because
2: <laughs> I didn't know that that was tied to the room. I, in the five plus years I've been with Amy, I have, I mean, there's been mad <laughs> and, and there's been a couple angries. Uh-huh. There was only one time that I started doing my Hail Marys going, I'm about to meet some dead relatives yep. here, folks.
1: Old full mouse Vesuvius over and here. And it was
2: the day that that bill got slid under our door and she went, you gambled it how much and i went i didn't know that's how that worked um i had forgotten all about it and that was the day that that my wagering became regulated i became a amy became a regulator
1: now, in the story that just came out or the excerpt from the book that just came out, not only did he, did the writer say that he had wagered a billion dollars over the last 30 years, but that he had lost $100 million on gambling. That math do not math. That math doesn't math because you're telling me he's wagered a billion dollars, but he's only lost 10% of that?
2: He's the greatest gambler of all time. Right. He has a 90% hit rate. Right. Hey, Phil Mickelson that's not a gambling problem that's a gambling profession <laughs> exactly. that's like Phil Hellmuth saying I have a gambling problem no you're real good at poker and you are dragging people down the sidewalk
1: now look maybe maybe Phil is hiding his money well maybe he's got so many offshore accounts for his gambling accounts that that maybe he has amassed that kind of a fortune but what we know or what has been reported on him as Jeremy said uh, the last Forbes report on his net worth was not even a billion dollars yet. So maybe he's hiding it well. But but to lose $100 million in 30 years, when the last book that came out about Phil Mickelson and talked about his gambling problem, that biographer said in a four-year span between 2010 and 2014, Phil had lost 56 million dollars so was that just a bad four years or i what? would none I, of these numbers match up i would say
2: that what happened is whoever wrote this book went i know somebody's gonna pick this up and people are gonna talk about it. That's the reason we're not talking about who the, who wrote it because we're not giving you your free pub for being a a a, a liar you got to be an honest man mm-hmm. for us to give you love on this here program. I'll buy it. The math, don't math, and I pulled a story for what for what a real gambling problem. Because there's gambling addiction, and there's gambling problem. And my story has to do with uh, Alabama football. Okay. Okay. They open the season September the second. They play Middle Tennessee State. You can't even wager the money line on this game at most casinos because we all know Alabama is a 39-point favorite right now. Some dum-dum went to Caesar's Sportsbook and put down $75,000 on Alabama and the money line. Do, do you know what that wins? With, uh, with the line what it's currently set at four dollars and 75 cents it's more than that it, it is more than that so so give me an actual honest guess at what you make off a seventy-five thousand-dollar on uh, bet on alabama the money line
1: 2400 dollars.
2: well if you had taken off the 20 you would have still been a little high but not by much It's three (laughs) hundred dollars. So somebody, some moron somewhere, and it may work. It may work to make three hundred bucks. Somebody went into a sports book and went. I have seventy five thousand U.S. dollars. I'm going to put it on Alabama to beat Middle Tennessee State to make three hundred bucks.
1: God, I hope they lose.
2: I have never what I have never wanted anything more in my entire life. I mean, Kelly Kapowski when I was like 12 years old, but that's that's it. Like, nothing else is, and now I'm married to the adult version of her. So, <laughs> uh, you want to know why your insults bounce right off me? Because <laughs> my life's cool. <laughs> I have never wanted somebody to lose a wager more than I want this. Just so I could see him like the Monopoly man, just going, anybody got 20 bucks for gas? Mm-hmm. And this dude may be worth five bajillion dollars. I don't care. You're still a moron. Yeah. You are still a dum-dum for doing this. What's well, three hundred free dollars? Yeah, until it's not.
1: Until until it's, it's not. I mean, there's zero chance of that happening. But it's not. It's fun to dream, isn't it? Hey, Middle Tennessee
2: State beat the smoke out of Miami last year. I get that there's a difference between okay. Miami and Alabama. Thank you. I will also say that right now, Tyler Van Dyke would be the one, two, and four at quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. So maybe. This is almost, I, I used to do a stand up bit about this that I, I can't tell on the show because, you know, it's FCC regulated and there's certain things you're not able to talk about. I have always wondered when people give you hypotheticals of, well, would you let somebody hit you in the head with a hammer for a million dollars? My first question is going to be, who is offering me a million dollars for this? How did you get this level of money when you're obviously very irresponsible with how you spend it? Right. People should, that are this stupid should not have this much money. I don't care what you did.
1: By the way, if anybody's wondering, uh 100 million dollars, um you got just have your way. Just do as you please. That's uh, that's tank,
2: that's sports tank is Every man's got a price. You get mad at you get angry at <laughs> him for that, not me. <laughs> I'm I didn't do it
1: you don't have to stop it. just hitting me once with the hammer i mean you want to talk about wiffle ball bats and all that a hey.
2: hundred million dollars you can hit me with a car you can hit me with a nascar car <laughs> in, the, a
1: in turn three of
2: talladega I'll take my chance
1: I, I don't know how i don't have the work as long as this isn't like the powerball i can't have the money if i die uh yeah no, like i need this the states, lump sum I need this up to go front to amy. yeah i need the lump sum up front let's go i need this to go to amy and i promise
2: you when she has that money in her hand, she will marry much better
1: the next time. Uh, uh, just to wrap this whole up, uh, whole thing up before we go to the sports center update at the top of the hour. Uh, a more fallout from the excerpt that was released from the book yesterday that was written by a, a guy who ran a sports book and says that Phil played best placed bets with him. Said that Phil also placed a four or tried to place a four hundred thousand dollar wager on the American team in the 2012 Ryder Cup in which he was playing. And Does he got a problem with that? No. Really?
2: I don't I have a problem on golfers wagering. I don't. Because you, you can only yourself. affect yourself.
1: Right. right. You can only affect yourself.
2: I mean, you look, Phil Miggins played, what, three times in that Ryder Cup? If he'd lost all of them, you're still probably going to win. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I have no issue with that. I will say this. I do not like Rory McIlroy, but I will give him credit. He had the perfect line when he was asked about this. Yes, he did. Uh, and he said, yeah, Phil, can, uh, he can he can wager
1: on this year's Ryder Cup because he won't be involved in it. Boom! Good for you. Good
2: for you, Rory.
1: Uh, that sent a lot of people into a tailspin. Oh, my gosh, Phil's wagering on team sports, even though it's – I mean, I guess it is a team sport. If he put money on the whole USA team to win and he's a part of the team, I could see that the guy said he didn't place the bet he said he called me and wanted me to place the bet but i didn't do it but i can't tell you that he didn't go somewhere else to place that wager as well so you don't have a problem with golfers wagering at all i don't care okay you can only affect yourself team
2: sports that's
1: different that is
2: that's one team different. versus another team and if one of you's taking a dive that that changes things right now Tank says he everybody has a price. I offered, I, I feel like we could have raised a ton of money for Tank to get in a ring with me for charity, and he immediately said, "No, I'm not going to do that."
1: So, well, I mean, I hate to say sound like the, the the selfish man here, but what's in that for me other than an ass kicking? Uh, well, you could have felt
2: great about raising money for charity, and I could, have, and you could have made my whole day. Would I
1: though? would i feel good about that when
2: i hit you one time and turned your face into the backside of a peach just <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's kind of raise money
2: for charity it's a good feeling on the inside it's a move but we can just bring it in man it's,
1: it's a because we can get behind you're in the sportsocracy this is espn asheville 92.9 fm 880 a.m and 1400 sports center update is next and we'll be back here in the ingles studio for the daily draft who to watch in this week's preseason games <laughs> He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's
0: cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by
1: Ingalls Supermarkets. This is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You can hear ESPN Asheville and the Sportsocracy anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Take us with you everywhere you go. And also, you can watch us live in the Ingalls studio on the YouTubes. Just go to sportsocracy.com. Click that live video link. Subscribe to the channel. That way you can join us in the chat. and Get your thoughts in on whatever we're talking about. You got a topic idea. You can throw that out in the chat as well. Um, and uh, don't forget to sign up for the Battle for the Belt, our DFS contest all throughout the NFL season. Uh, we've we got a lot of signups for this already. Everybody has uh, been more than willing to give to charity to play in the in the, in these tournaments, these events. We've got two separate contests, two belts on the line, and the proceeds going to Eblin Charities St. Nicholas Project. Um, so go to the website the or just look in the uh, description of the YouTube video for all of the links. In fact, the uh, QR codes are up on the screen right now. Click on those or uh, scan those sign up for the battle for the belt, all going to a great cause. And of course, it's a whole lot of fun throughout the season competing with you. Now it's the top of the third hour of the program. And as we do, it's time for the daily draft this weekend. Football's back two games last night in the preseason we got six tonight we got another six tomorrow and then we got two on sunday weekend chock full of football but three days of commercial free football not commercial free at all it is not commercial free it is barely football and and you're not going to be pleased by most of what you see however there are things to look for in spring or in the uh training camps here and that's today's daily draft. What players are Jeremy and I most looking forward to see play this weekend? Jeremy, you've got the number one pick. Oh, this
2: is easy as it could possibly be,
1: because there's not
2: many quarterback controversies. I and I'm and I'm totally cheating here, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. Every Tampa Bay quarterback. It almost can't be as bad as I think it is. But what if it is? Mm -hmm. But for what if it is? What if Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield are actually locked in a heated battle of which one of you is less horror-awful than the other?
1: Because that's what it sounds like. That's exactly what it sounds like. And if that were not the case, they wouldn't be telling you that. You wouldn't have Dave Canales out here talking about the dead heat at quarterback if this wasn't an actual question, right?
2: And that's that, to me, is the saddest part. I know exactly what Baker Mayfield is. I know what I have been told Kyle Trask is. Mm-hmm. Apparently, two years behind Tom Brady wasn't enough to fix the fact that he's
1: not very good. And if it's even close? Feel like you gotta. I still feel like you gotta. You go Kyle Trask and you ditch Baker and you bring in somebody else. However, if they're both terrible, I, I mean the trade market's open, right? Uh, yeah, but I don't. You go. You who, go try who, who, to find a Drew Lock or you try you to can't go get, get Drew
2: Lock because the only quarterback behind him is Holton Ailes, and as much as I love him, and I do, he's a a former member of the
1: fight in Mike Houston's. I don't think they're they're hedging their bets on that. Or you try to go out and get trey lance i mean that's that would be the home run swing i guess Um, trying to get a you know a a a guy who's got many years left and can develop and all of that i i don't necessarily like the idea
2: i mean but do you waste draft capital on that or do you just go into it and go it however bad it is let's just be bad Mm mm-hmm I mean that's the Jeremy Green philosophy. That's on page 1 of my autobiography. If you're going to be awful, be super awful. Mm-hmm. Be the worst. Don't be just me just kind of a, a, an awful person. Be as awful as it gets.
1: Yep. Or just don't be awful. All right, quarterback controversy in Tampa Bay. Good first overall pick by you. I don't know how much he's going to play tonight. But I I I want to see Jordan Love. I'm going to be flipping back and forth between the Green Bay game and the Tampa game to start out tonight because I want to see if Jordan Love, they've been telling us that Jordan Love is not the same quarterback that we saw in that god-awful game against the Chiefs two years ago. I need to see it. This is the number one team that I am just down on across the board because of your quarterback.
2: All right, so here would be here would be my problem with Jordan Love. So what exactly could you possibly see this weekend
1: out of him that's going to change anything that you already think? Well, I mean, if he comes out and looks comfortable and is efficient, then I'm going to feel better about this. Are, are you, though? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. Why not? Because right now I think he's – dog water and if he comes out and looks okay against the the ones for the Cincinnati Bengals then maybe 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 I'll start to feel better about this nothing is going to change my mind drastically about anybody but right now I don't feel like Jordan Love even belongs in the league am I too hard on him sure we haven't seen a lot of him, and I'm throwing the, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater here already. But that's one of the ones that I'm most, more interested in seeing tonight. And then. And then. I got to go quarterback again, and it's Sam Howe. with the Washington Commanders. And I don't know that it's so much watching Sam.
2: Is it is, is to offense. watch
1: the offense and how they react to Eric Biennemi. And, and if that comes through on television. Because thanks to our good friends at DC Streams, I'm going to have access to all of these games tonight. And you can as well. That's right. Uh, all you got to do is contact us he- here and we will tell you how to get hooked up with them. But I'm going to be watching this to see if it's – I don't expect it to be Kyler Murray screaming – at his head coach on the sidelines. Remember that that battle between him and Cliff Kingsbury on Monday Night Football that just cast a, a giant scene? I'm going to be looking for something similar in this game. I want to see if it shows that there's a rift between Eric Bieniemy and his players. And if it does, then that is major red flag. And just further proof that when we were playing either, neither, or both... That I said I don't. I'm going to take neither Eric B. Enemy or Ron Rivera are coaching this team next year.
2: I I I had uh, Washington offense on my list. I, I I I didn't really know how to quantify it into one player because mm-hmm. I don't know how much you're going to see of Sam Howell. I'm almost curious if Howell comes out and plays two or three drives, and then they just turn it over to Jacoby Brissett. And go, this is what the offense is supposed to look like. Because he's a vet. He has a super low ceiling. But this is what it's supposed to look like. I could be reading too much into that. But I think it's a possibility. You left this open for me. And I can't believe you didn't take one of the two of them. So, I'm going to take them both. Okay. The two 49ers quarterbacks are going to play. Which is Sam, or, uh, Sam Darnold mm-hmm. and Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty sure I know what Sam Darnold's going to look like. And I know you call me a homer, and I love Sam too much, and he was number three pick in the draft for a reason. He's been coached by Adam Gase, Todd Bowles, and Matt Rule. Sorry that doesn't give me warm and fuzzies, because that might be the three worst head coaches in the NFL over the course of the last 10 years, uh, Urban Meyer. If he had somehow wound up in Jacksonville for a minute, he would have hit the unholy trinity of terrible. And I still maintain. I don't think Trey Lance is a terrible quarterback, but I feel like they brought in Sam Darnold for a reason. And you can call me a conspiracy theorist, you call me whatever you want to. I think Darnold will be the long-term starter in San Francisco, and Purdy is the long-time backup. Mm-hmm. That makes complete sense to me. And then you try to get something out of Trey Lance. You were talking about Tampa Bay. I don't think you would be one of the teams that would be interested because you know you're bad. If your quarterback situation is as bad as I think it is, you couldn't win five games with anybody playing quarterback. You're this far into camp. You're going to have to learn the offense. It's a way different offense, offense than what he's in right now.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think you're wasting draft capital on that. But the team I will tell you, and they have been connected to him for as long as I can remember, is the Atlanta Falcons. Arthur Smith is a phenomenal coach. I know people don't see that because the wins and the losses haven't been there. He's a great coach. And I just have this weird feeling that San Francisco games against the Raiders. It's the last game of the weekend. Think Darnold plays more than you think, maybe even into the second quarter, and then it's the Trey Lance show. Mm-hmm. My favorite bet of the weekend, San Francisco, minus a billion. I don't care what that number is. You're going to see two high-level quarterbacks for a long time, and the Raiders are going to trot out Aiden O'Connell.
1: Good luck with that. Right. So Trey Lance plays a lot this weekend. Which would make sense, and hopefully he can put something out there that other teams will be interested in, because right now that's all he is. Right now he's a trade piece, because he has no future in San Francisco. I can't see a path now where they go back to him. Back to Trey, right? Huh. That because even if Purdy that would blows require up, require a lot, right? Even if Purdy blows up, Sam's the next in line, and then. Sam's got to be just terrible for you to throw in Trey. I honestly don't believe he's on this roster for much longer. Well, somebody's got to come off something, because
2: they're not just going to give up a guy that they gave up that much capital for for nothing. But I could easily see Atlanta being the team that, that gives up something. Mm-hmm. All right. And then... I, I'm gonna. I'm going to find a way to say this where you're not going to make me really angry. Okay. It's Stetson Bennett. Okay. The Rams, it, it, and you were the one that told me this before the show. The Rams have the most bereft of talent roster in the NFC. Now you've got some high side players with Cup, but he's hurt right now. Mm-hmm. Stafford, he's had injury issues. Do I really think they would turn this team over to Brett Rippon? No, I don't. I also find it to be insane that they spent a fourth-round pick on a quarterback that I think has no ceiling whatsoever. So you saw something. And historically, Les Snead has drafted pretty well in those back-end rounds. Mm -hmm. If you listen out of camp, Stetson's been the star. And everybody... All right. Show me. Put your money where your mouth is. I want to see... This kid that, to me, does not look like an NFL football player. I didn't have a draftable grade on him. I want to see him in a uniform against real-life NFL players running a real-life NFL offense, and I want to see what that looks like.
1: Mm -hmm. Chargers and the Rams tomorrow night, 9 o'clock. It's going to be the featured game on the NFL Network. Stetson has surprised everybody. At every step of his career. Coming to Georgia as a walk-on, then leaving, then coming back, sitting behind stars, and then finally got the chance. And he's done nothing but impress since. Hmm? Put up amazing numbers in that Todd Monken offense. Nobody expected him to be that good. No. No. And I, think, and, and I think his camp story is exactly the same. Not many people expected him to be as good as he is. Some dudes can just play. I don't have to be the physical freak that Anthony Richardson is. I don't have to have the strongest arm on the planet to be okay, to be serviceable no. at quarterback. And I think that's what Stetson can be. I think he can be the Colt McCoy who hangs around for a long time and be, and is a backup and is a leader and is eventually going to be a coach in this league. I I see that fully in his path.
2: What I don't like is that this is a team that needed players that are going to play right now.
1: Mm-hmm. He might need to play right now.
2: That's where I was headed with this is is it in I mean look cuz the Rams tried to trade Matthew Stafford in the offseason and nobody bit. No. That's not an opinion, that's a fact. Mhm. So, what was your plan? Like, let's say, God forbid, a quarterback gets hurt, and somebody calls the Rams and goes, "We'll t-, and go, we'll take Matthew Stafford right now. Are you really planning on Stetson Bennett out there for 17 games? Because if somebody offered it, they'd do it right now. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to believe that you would go into a season, even knowing you're as bad as you are, with Brett Rippin. Now... You will have a first-round pick next year for the first time since, oh, I don't know, uh, two presidential terms ago. Right. So you would be one of those teams that's contending for a quarterback unless Stetson can show enough that you didn't just completely burn a fourth-round pick. If he's what you just said and he's a solid backup, you set a fourth-round pick on fire. To me, this Mm -hmm. team's not good enough to be taking backup quarterbacks in the fourth round. Yep. You've got to figure out what he is and if this camp hype is just hype or if there's something to it.
1: Okay. You're in the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Who are we looking forward to seeing most this weekend in the preseason action? Six games tonight, six games tomorrow, two games on Sunday. We've already got two in the books. Football is back. If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now.
3: At Ingalls, we're proud to sponsor area athletics at all levels. Whether we're building new fields for t ball, celebrating Friday night rivals, televising college basketball games, bringing the fan fest to semi pro soccer, or taking you out to the ball game at your minor league park. We're here for the fans. No one gets the dedication to the home team like you guys. And we've got all the sports you can handle. It's all in the bag. Ingalls, low
0: prices. Love the savings. The Sportsocracy. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man.
1: It's ESPN Asheville. This is the Sportsocracy. What are we looking forward to most about the upcoming games in this first week of the preseason in the NFL? Well, it's my turn. And my next is, it's got to be, on the field at Bank of America Stadium, 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. I'll be there. It's Bryce Young. I've already seen it. I saw it on on the first day of training camp or the, the first open practice of training camp. Jeremy, you saw it this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, I
2: saw it up close and personal, and I'm going to be really honest with you. It took me about four throws before
1: I went, that's all I needed. Yeah, he's good. He is damn good. I mean, he's got to be... You know, he threw a back leader shoulder. in the clubhouse for rookie of the year. He threw that. a
2: back shoulder to, I think it was Domingo Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That was enough for me. I, I yep. That kid's going to be
1: just fine. I have seen him uh, at that first practice. I saw him drop it in the bucket to, to uh, DJ shark. That made me go, this is going to be just fine. You're this Carolina Panthers offense is going to be much better than people expect. Maybe not right away, but by the end of the season, I still feel like this team is going to push the top of the division, if not possibly win this division. But this is going to be, I don't know, this this might be one of the most anticipated, well-attended Carolina Panthers preseason games there's ever been with HBO in the building and Aaron Rodgers and, and and the New York Jets and Hard Knocks is in town and all of that I mean I just feel like this this is going to be a massive atmosphere that's going to be very very close to what real regular season football is going to look like cuz all those Jets fans Jeremy and his Which, dad um... And the gaggle of the rest of the gangrene crowd are going to descend on Bank of America Stadium, hoping that they can just share in a piece of what could be a magical season to bring a Super Bowl trophy home to the New York area for the first time since the Giants did it and the first time since 1969. Like They're going to be jazzed up. They're all going to be wasted by four o'clock.
2: Hi, friends. and it's gonna I, I think it's he's gonna referring be, to me there yeah
1: i think it's gonna be one of the uh most tense preseason atmospheres around the league well i can tell you the uh, the the practices
2: were they were chippy mm-hmm. even more so than than usual joint practices uh you want me to give you something to to watch for in the uh, Panthers jets game you should listen real close to the audio and if you hear a a a, a A consortium led by somebody that is slurring their words going, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets.
1: That was me. Yeah.
2: Yeah, That was me, and I've made friends, and I'm holding court.
1: Right, right. But, uh, you know, I want to see Mr. Cool as a Cucumber, Bryce Young, as they have sold him to be so far. I don't think, based off what I saw, I don't think he'll play much. I think you're
2: going to see a lot of Andy Dalton. And, and, and I think time, you should, but he you'll was see. Super efficient running that yeah, offense,
1: but you'll see Bryce Young. Uh, he will he will play probably a couple of series.
2: That's where I'm at, and let's it's see a where of it's at.
1: Yeah, and let's 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 see what he looks like coming out for his first thing. Are you gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater like we're doing with C.J. Stroud? No, probably not. I don't think there's a chance he looks that bad. But we we just have to wait and see. My next. Team that I'm looking forward to seeing is the uh, oh. Let's just go down this path. The Las Vegas Raiders. Ah, yes. There it is. Ah, there it yes. is. Mainly because I just want to watch the comedy show. Because I don't. I so think. I think. I think you're a joke. You're an absolute joke. You're a dumpster fire of a franchise. L A hasn't been the hasn't been or excuse me, Las Vegas hasn't been worth watching since. Oh, George W. Bush was president. Fooled me once. Can't get fooled again. And it's just every y'all Y'all talk about how much I hate the Las Vegas Raiders. You do. Well, it's because they're a dumpster fire. They're a snake-bitten franchise that nothing can ever seem to go their way. Did you see the news today? Devontae Adams, he's hurt. We don't know how serious it is yet, but he left practice hurt today. They, did, I mean, I give them credit. They did bring in Damian Williams, you know, former Super Bowl MVP, or should have been anyway. Damian Williams to add to that backfield. They got the standoffish relationship with the uh, with the team and their star running back, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. Every story that comes out about this team is it makes me feel worse about them than I did the day before. Just, just hate, I just hating.
2: As, you're, as as Tay-Tay says, the hater's going to hate, 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 hate. That's what you're doing. Exactly. Uh, I feel like I have to take something that's not quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, because that's been, uh, so far... Everything you've taken. It's everything you've taken
1: as well. well it's so the most important thing. A hundred percent.
2: But it's also <laughs> probably what you get the least out of in the preseason, except with the situations that we've basically already chosen. So... My two, and you know what? You're going to say I'm cheating, and I don't care. It's Colts running backs. Okay. And I'll explain that in a second. And the Chicago Bears. I tried to narrow this down to the receivers or the defense. No, I don't see it all. I am really curious how the Chicago team looks because you've invested a lot of time, money, effort, and resources to get this to a certain point. I want to see if the defense is more efficient. I want to see if the offense looks more cohesive. And I know you're not going to see much of Justin Fields. You're not going to see much of the receivers. I don't care. I want to see what it looks like with the backups. PJ Walker, when he comes in, I want to see what that looks like. And I think you'll be able to glean a lot from Chicago. The Colts, I'm going to say something. And I haven't heard anybody say this yet, and I don't know why. Why is it that we think – all right, so let's say Jonathan Taylor doesn't play one snap this year. Okay. Why is it that we think running backs like Kareem Hunt or Ezekiel Elliott or any of these guys would sign in Indianapolis? This is a bad team for now. Mm -hmm. It's a bad team with a running quarterback, so you're not going to see the stats that you – if Kareem Hunt's looking for another legit deal, you won't get in Indianapolis. You also have an owner that basically came out and said, "I don't care about running backs. Why would I sign here?" Mm-hmm. Do you know what's on that roster behind Jonathan Taylor right now? It's not good. Whatever, Deion Jackson and Evan Hull. Yay! And I, I want you to remember that I said this. Evan Hull is going to look really, really good at some point in this preseason. Okay. And that hype machine is going to get really, really loud. Just remember I said that. I told you how much I love that kid coming to the draft. Mm-hmm. He played quarterback at Northwestern along with running back, lined up in the slot. He was everywhere. And I am I am really interested to see what that rotation looks like because it's going to be important behind Anthony Richardson. Okay. Now, you want to know why I'm not interested in seeing him? Uh, because it's going to look exactly like uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson looked against the Jets. Running quarterbacks always look good in preseason games. If he looks terrible, it will scare me more than CJ Stroud. This is your this is your claim to fame. You're going up against vanilla defenses that are not anticipating you taking off and running. Even mm-hmm. though it's him, they won't send blitzers. They're gonna let you average eight yards a carry. You better slide because they will kill you if you don't. Right. But they'll let you do that all night long. I'm not going to glean anything from that. I know he can run. Mm-hmm. I want
1: to see him throw. Right. And I don't
2: know that you're going to see a ton of that.
1: I want to see him try to drop one down the sideline to Alex Pierce. Let's let's see that happen. And then maybe I'll like your uh, prospects for the season better. Um, My last pick of who to watch this weekend, you know, I'm going to go with a running back group too. It's the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think Tony Pollard should even dress. He won't. Okay, good. i going to tell you. Good. Let's not do that. We gave him ten million dollars. We're not going to risk getting him hurt. But of course, it's the rest of it that I want to see. Which means if they stick to their 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 initial depth chart, it's Rico, be a bunch
2: of Rico Dowdle. Rico
1: Dowdle from Asheville or from uh, AC Reynolds here in Asheville. He's going to get the start if there's no Tony Pollard and they stick to the initial depth chart. So that'll be cool to see but then it's deuce vaughn i want to see what deuce vaughn look i've already seen him against his own teammates in practice well mike morgan sent us a picture where he looks like a small child that (laughs) they put in a uh, uniform and let him hang out for a day it's the tallest cowboy and the shortest cowboy standing on the field together and i can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head it was a hyphenated name uh but he's six foot eight standing next to five foot five deuce Vaughn and I swear it looks like um you know just, i mean just a grown man standing next to a little boy like this is this is like a make a wish project right we brought out this kid who gets to just be on the football team for a day that's what he looks like and yeah, the only thing is that when he gets the
2: ball in his hand uh, you figure out real quick there's a reason he got drafted me me real fast yep. real shifty yes he is uh undrafted free agent for you Because I have another one that I have to get out here.
1: Okay. uh, Let's go quarterback again. Will Levis, Tennessee Titans. Because I know what Malik Willis is, right? Awful. Terrible. Ryan Tannehill, okay. I mean, he's he's the starter. He's not losing his job. He's the guy. But I need to see Will Levis. Well, it's ironic
2: you did that because uh bine is also a rookie quarterback okay that has a decent amount of height behind him and i would say there is a better than zero chance you see more of him this year than you currently think it's clayton tune mm. i look i have I, i'm on record as saying i do not think kyler murray is going to play a snap this year because this team is terrible he wants to play week one, like you said, in our uh, our fantasy quarter marathon yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. From what I understand, there is no shot he comes back before week eight. And there's a great possibility that that team is going to be 0-8. And so I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. So, does it – and we've just kind of chalked this up to, old oh, Colt McCoy will start.
1: Does that really make a lot of sense? Not necessarily. Now, if you're not playing for anything, you have nothing to salvage here. Well, the Cardinals know they're not good. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have
2: made that trade uh, moving out of three, picking up Paris Johnson, trading back up. You wouldn't have done that if you didn't know. We're at least a draft away from being competitive. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is a Miami Dolphins situation where behind closed doors they're saying lose games. I mean, I think it is, but I'm not saying that. Right. So why wouldn't you get a look at the rookie? If he's as good as everybody around that camp has said – why would you not start him week one? Trot yeah. him out there for a full year, and if you've got anything, guess what? It's another trade piece. True. Because not everybody's going to be up there to get quarterbacks at the top of the draft. This is a kid on a cheap deal mm-hmm. for three years. Mm-hmm. You get him 17 starts under his belt, and let's just say he's good. Now look at those two draft picks. You got Kyler Murray, you got Clayton Toon, and you
1: just go, well, the world is just my oyster, ain't it? <laughs> I could do anything I want to do. But if you're going to be terrible – wouldn't you wouldn't you throw out Colt McCoy, the 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 dispensable body? Because I mean, I don't want to throw Clayton Tune out there before he's ready. Now if he's ready and he looks good and he he's can fifth round draft, pick, he can I don't hold care up if he's ready. Let's be fine.
2: I, he's fifth round draft pick. I don't care if he's
1: ready. Okay.
2: I'm throwing a dart against a board and praying uh, if I found something here, our uh, our little rebuild just accelerated real real fast.
1: But is trial by fire the best way you want 100%. to go
2: about that. Okay. 100% at least if you're giving if you're telling me my other option is Colt McCoy who's 35 years old or something like that there's mm-hmm. no upside to that oh we're going to be terrible we may very well be terrible with this rookie too rookie too and at least i get to see what he is mm-hmm. nobody's interested in Colt McCoy he could come out here and throw for 4500 yards nobody cares <laughs> right now if Clayton Toon comes out here and throws for 4000 that's another trade piece or Maybe I consider Clayton Toon my quarterback in the future, and I start looking to move off Kyler Murray, and I've still got those two really high draft picks. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at Marvin Harrison and all of the other toys that are at the top of that draft going, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be – we need you to bear with us for this next 365 days, but this time next year,
1: you're going to be real interested in what we have going on. You're in the sportsocracy, and this is ESPN Asheville.
2: Uh, before we uh, go into the commercial break. Uh, nope. That, he's your huckleberry don't know i have no idea why that didn't work <laughs> uh it, steven towson a super chat saying he had a question and he just really wanted to make me cringe mm-hmm. because he knew we were in the middle of something and i freak out trying to get to super chats like rush along because because he, he's a funny dude and he's one of the only people listening to the
1: show taller than i am so answer so so follow it up he says he has a question no he's just trying to make me cringe I thought he was saying that because every time somebody says, I have a question,
2: oh, you oh, say. Oh, oh, why do dogs have cold noses? Exactly. I absolutely, oh, now I that's understand why that's he about. asked that. Oh, yeah, I forgot I said that yesterday. Yeah, don't do that. If you have a question, ask the question. Don't preface it with that you have a question. <laughs> ask the question! <laughs> don't waste these precious seconds that we only have so many of. Right. Oh, now, now that's funny. I didn't, I thought he was trying to make me cringe to get
1: to his super chat. That's even better than I thought it was. You're in the NBC. sportsocracy. This is ESPN, Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio
3: app. At Ingalls, whether we're celebrating Friday night rivals, televising college basketball games, bringing the fan fest to semi pro soccer, or taking you out to the ball game at your minor league park, it's all in the bag. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings.
4: Our communities are filled with wonderful people who make living here great. At Home Trust Bank, we're proud of that and that's why we focus on helping homeowners prepare for what's next. Our local mortgage bankers have the experience you need and exceptional personal service you'll appreciate. Home Trust Bank is ready to help make a house your home. When it's time to buy, visit your local Home Trust branch or go to htb.com forward slash mortgage.
2: Are you Beer City's best fantasy football player? Your chance to prove it is back. The Sportsocracy's Battle for the Belt is back for year two with two ways to win our standard contest and the new eliminator challenge for the most hardcore of football fans play fantasy football with us every week of the nfl season and compete for a cause with proceeds benefiting Eblin Charity's saint nicholas project register today at the sportsocracy.com and take your shot at the title of beer city's fantasy football
1: champion you're in the sportsocracy on ESPN, Asheville, and the iHeart Radio app, and it's time for the most important message of the day: Don't do crimes. Uh, crimes were done in Limestone County, Alabama. The Alabama Department of Corrections says, a vehicle showed up on Nick Davis Road the other day, just outside of the Limestone Correctional Facility. Somebody called the cops or, or, or maybe prison guards noticed that there was just this random car in the middle of the night on a road right next to the wall of the prison. And so they responded and they found two gentlemen, arrested them, Alvin Andrews and Darius McDade for, uh, sending contraband into the prison. Now it is the inventive way in which they went about delivering the items into the prison. Have you seen that show, um, The Mayor of Kingstown?
2: Yes, it's awesome. It's awesome.
1: Great, Jeremy Renner. You remember the the, the part in the movie where, he, or the, in the show where he's giving the kid the golf ball or the tennis balls, and he's yes. hitting the tennis balls over yes. the. Uh, so you know, I've seen I've seen that. Uh, we've done stories about drones dropping off stuff over the prison uh, wall. I've never seen this though. When they caught these two guys, they, they found a blue duffel bag that had inside of it three what looks like Coke bottles that are wrapped in black tape. So I guess obviously to, to keep people from knowing what's inside of the bottles, but they were shooting them over the wall of the prison with a t-shirt cannon
2: oh that's aggressive
1: that is they found uh extra co2 car uh, an extra co2 cartridge and the um the 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 gun and a night vision monocular that they were using as well for you know i guess to see where you're shooting the thing obviously these guys are facing charges and probably ladarius mcdade facing more charges than uh, alvin andrews He's probably deeper into this because he just got out of the correctional facility in February, <laughs> so he returned to the scene of his incarceration to shoot plastic bottles over the wall with a t-shirt cannon. It's... Kid's got a future.
2: So apparently, the last couple of days with us, you know, we we, we missed a couple of shows. Yeah, we weren't here Wednesday for an ESPN show. We were we, we did all fantasy football yesterday. I have two crime stories. And one of them has to do with, do you remember former NFL quarterback Buster Screen? Vaguely. I remember him uh, quite well because he was a turnstile, I mean, cornerback for my New York Jets. Well, apparently he is also a badman and he is a badman with his money. Mm. He's in Canada, doesn't say in the story why, and he ran a catch-me-if-you-can style fraud oh he was opening bank accounts in in different canadian banks with fraudulent checks and he was obtaining a portion of the money before the check cleared well that's the thing checks were completely worthless a why is anybody accepting a check mm-hmm. if you're under 80 years old you're not allowed to write a check period if a 22 year old hands me a check i'm gonna go yep that's crap that's crap that's just that's not worth the paper you wrote it on there
1: aiden that's that's nefarious that's seen Uh, uh, as nefarious activity anybody
2: that doesn't qualify qualify for aarp that hands me a check nope crimes right there i know it i don't think it i know it you had to google how to write that check and i know it uh he has now been arrested and is facing 14 charges including fraud and possession of property obtained by crime and the reason i wanted to tell this story do you know how much money buster screen made in his nfl career
1: Four hundred dollars. <laughs> okay, let's try a ge- let's try a guess that
2: makes sense, Tank. Um, and go... now he's about to say something stupid high, like
1: one hundred and seventeen billion dollars. No, two and a half million.
2: Forty. Let's go with forty million. No He made way. eight million a year from the Jets two times
1: oh my which
2: is an overpay of exactly 7.97 million dollars for the services rendered <laughs> yeah. he's been stealing money from nfl teams for 10 years Yikes. so i'm not shocked he did it from banks but a bunch. my next story comes from florida because that is the crime capital of the world and it's about a man named daniel Casmer. he's 53 years old and in his own words he's not good at shoplifting. Here's why he said that. He went into a Walmart facility in Largo, Florida. He tried to steal a bicycle pump, a lock, and an inner tube. How did he try to steal it? Don't know. Got to turn your mic don't on. Don't know. What's the stupidest way you could try to steal something?
1: Shove it under your shirt.
2: That's exactly right. <laughs> no way. He put it under his shirt. Now, I don't know how if you know how big a bicycle pump is. It's pretty sizable. Right. He ain't a big dude. I mean, minus his forehead, which you could park a Dodge Ram on. This dude's forehead makes Peyton Manning's look like mine. It's a biggin'. Shoves all that under his shirt and then just tries to walk out the door. Authorities or security sees him, stops him and goes, no, sir, you're being a badman and you're doing crimes. We're going to arrest you for that. Here's why I told this story. Other than him saying, I'm not good at shoplifting. He got arrested last week at a walmart in st petersburg because he stole twenty dollars worth of drinks and sandwiches using the exact same strategy do you realize how many drinks and sandwiches you have to try to steal to get to twenty dollars in the joe biden There's economy that- too oh you're not wrong uh, you're you know what you're not wrong oh my buttons don't work that would have been a perfect time for ah uh, oh what was i doing again so this guy stacked himself up like the Michelin Man with turkey and cheeses and coca colas and tried to walk out the front door, and then he did it again. Last time he was charged with possession of fentanyl and drug paraphernalia, and because it's Florida, they went, you know what? Those aren't even crimes here anymore. You just go on about your life there, Mr. Casmer. And guess what? They'll probably do it again. They charged him with a felony this time. I'm sure, he'll get off with a written promise. To not do it again, because that's the judicial system. (laughs) Mullet Mayor
1: 2024. Yeah. Jeremy, did you did you say you had seen the Untold series with Johnny Manziel?
2: uh no, I was supposed to watch it, and to be quite frank with you, I have been so unbelievably busy this week I haven't taken the time. Okay. Last night I consumed a hundredy beers, and the minute I walked in the front door, I looked at Damien went. And, um, and if I do that, it's because if I consume two more, I will legally die. Yeah. I
1: I watched it, and I thought, man, this kid's a, a bigger ball than I ever oh, imagined. No like, th- just to hear him and his uh, quote-unquote agent uh, <laughs> talk about the lies that were told to make him... To make the Johnny Football persona bigger.
2: Well, yeah, he had a uh, like walk-on kid taking his drug test for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his dad was prepared to fake a heart attack to get him out of his drug test at the combine. Mm-hmm. Look, I—I I mean, I'm a Goodman. At least I try to be, and I live by a very simple philosophy of don't do crimes. So I have never dabbled in the procurement. Of other people's excrement, right. which is holding on to somebody's piddle <laughs> and using it to pass the drug test, you gotta really love drugs to go. Yeah. I'ma let somebody pee in a cup and then I'm gonna carry it around for a while. Right, that is a love of drugs. the only things in my life that I love that much are my family and gambling. Right, that's in, uh, in domestic lights.
1: They were like, uh, so it, they, they were telling the story that he had to take the drug contest, the, the drug test at the combine, and he had been apparently doing cocaine all the way up until the event and then he starts trying to flush his system and so his agent has like the these like practice tests in his pocket and he gets in and he's like he gets on the elevator and there are like four gms of nfl teams on the elevator and he's like trying to hide the 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 practice tests, and that's how he was able to fool it by just drinking apparently boatloads of water and flushing his system the whole story about his family having money they made that up remember us talking about how there's a rich kid and he's from he comes that was, from oil money that and was blah, what blah, blah, they always blah. said they made that up the agent and Johnny made that story up to make him look like he was the rich kid like they apparently you know lived in the ghetto or whatever like the cheap part of town but he had to live up to the Johnny football persona. And the whole money thing was just, they were going, I mean, it just breaking every NCAA rule, not even caring about it. It was, it was revealing to look at it and go, you know, I thought it, I thought this was bad. I thought Johnny football was a bad person to begin with. Now I just absolutely hate him. And now I look back on his career and go, yeah, that was karma.
2: Um, uh, and you know, we started this show with an analogy. So here is we're as we're, we're winding to a close, it's probably good for another analogy. Uh, y- you ever watch a television psychic? I-, I remember John Edward and uh miss Cleo when I was mm-hmm, a kid mm-hmm. and they would, they would talk to the spirits and it was, and right now there's somebody that's getting real mad at me and that's fine. It, I promise you it will not affect my day at all. <laughs> And it's I'm sensing a D over here, and somebody busts out crying and go, my dad. Every person in this room has a dad, dum dum. That's not necessarily what he's fooling you. I felt that way about Johnny Manziel his entire college career, all the way through the draft process. Going, how are you not seeing this? This dude is the biggest frat boy, drug addict, loser in the history of time. And people are just falling for it. Like, he's going to be a star in the league. No, he's going to be a star in the penal league when he gets busted for (laughs) fentanyl possession because he's a dumpster fire.
1: Right. And it tells you everything you need to know that all of the warning signs were there. And the one team that said, you know what, we'll take a shot. Let's go. The Cleveland Browns. You had to take a shot at Cleveland right there, didn't you? I I mean, facts don't care about your feelings no one else was doing that
2: oh somebody would J- Jerry Jones so? was salivating at the possibility well but he didn't. Texas legend but get he did that's that's a good cowboy he had Nate Newton and Michael Irvin I promise you a little drug problem from Johnny Manziel was not gonna keep <laughs> Jerry Jones from doing it
1: <laughs> but he didn't but he didn't but he, he didn't because Cleveland Sometimes jumped in and saved it. all him. that
2: matters is that you didn't get the opportunity to do the stupid thing.
1: But it also, it, 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 it also kind of struck me as, uh, you know, the things, that, the things that we find out about the process and the things that are kept secret about the process. Because it was also told that he showed up for a workout with scouts where the wide receivers showed up and he didn't show for like an hour. And so all the receivers left. And by the time he got there, he had to put on a workout and he had his agent and his dad running routes. Let's go. <laughs> and nobody said that during the process i don't what kind of code is this what kind of code is this where scouts from an from an nfl team will not go hey we need to put this out there that johnny manziel had family members running his routes. could
2: you imagine johnny manziel shows up he's got two dudes like me out there running nine routes <laughs> like uh well i mean i know he's not running a four four he's running like a seven four And he had four pieces of Domino's pizza on the way in here. So his hands are a little greasy. So don't make, don't judge him if there's some drops. Yeah, there there is, there is nothing you could tell me about Johnny Manziel where I would go. No, that's not true.
1: (laughs) It just got worse and worse and worse as you were watching it. And then obviously by the end, there was no, there was no doubt as to, yeah every warning sign was there that this thing was going to go off the rails quickly.
2: Johnny Manziel is one of those guys that i i i just i will never if I live to be two hundred years old I'll never understand how anybody got fooled by this mm-hmm. There are just they're a handful of this baker mayfield i you, you were that was one of the first drafts we did together. I'll never understand how he sat down in a room and anybody went yeah I'm tying my franchise to that mm-hmm. uh there were Josh freeman. Was another one. I know he had a cannon, but every scout I've ever talked to that sat in a room with him went, he didn't understand this game at all. He was just freakishly athletic and had a cannon, and it worked. Mm-hmm. And there's there's been a few of those. Josh Rosen, he was the biggest jerk on the planet Earth. He was off putting to every scout he sat in a room with, and yet somebody falls for it because you get desperate, and you start taking shots. That's a life lesson. When you're desperate, don't take shots and you can read into that whatever you want to. This weekend I will not be desperate and I will be taking shots with my New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte.
1: Coming up four o'clock tomorrow, you know watch it on TV. you can listen to it on the radio if you're gonna be out and about our sister station News Radio 570 WWNC will have all Carolina Panthers games throughout this season. Hope everybody enjoys the football this weekend. We'll be back to recap all of it on Monday.
2: Watch the crowd real close. If you see a big burnt man with a mullet, tease some peace.
1: You're in the sportsocracy. We will see you Monday at 3.